So I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Check the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to part two of DJ Jazzy Jeff on QLS Classic. Now, this is a little bit different. Uh, part one was courtesy of August 2018. We didn't even get to part two until almost a full year later. So here we are, May 15th, 2019, almost a year later, with the great DJ Jazzy Jeff, part two, QLS Classic. Let's go. <laughs> we I'm eating tired. <laughs> we eating and breathing in 2019. <laughs> Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Both bills and light Yeah. yeah. Sugar Steven Quest. Yeah. And Jazzy Jeff are repeat Quest. Yeah. I cannot breathe, bro. Roll call. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema. Su, su, Suprema roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. And I'm just kicking it. Yeah. On QLS. Yeah. With the Magnificent. Roll call. <laughs> Suprema. Su, su, Suprema roll call. Suprema. My name is Sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always high. Yeah. Didn't we interview? Yeah. This guy. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. First you grab the hat. Yeah. Then you grip the hat. Yeah. Then you flip the hat. Yeah. Make sure it's a starter cap. Suprema, Suprema roll call. That was Suprema, Suprema roll call. I'm on pay bill. Yeah. Don't get it silly. Yeah. How could today? Yeah. Be any more Philly? Roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. It's Laia. Yeah. Back with Jeff. Yeah. A better Aquarius. Yeah. I ain't met one yet. <laughs> roll call. <laughs> Suprema. Suprema. Suprema roll call. 
Suprema Roll Call. My name is Jeff. Yeah. This is True. Yeah. I'm back on QLS. Yeah. For part two. two. Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Okay, okay. My <laughs> other roll call would have been something about 1-900-909-Jeff. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait. Is, is <laughs> no, a, you won with that one. <laughs> yeah. Is Amir alive? Amir, are you okay? All right, so... Bon Bell. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Boss Bill. Uh-oh. Who made it um, explicitly clear that he didn't want any eating on this show. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's because you I, had a seaweed cracker yeah, We Now we know why, right? Yeah. I should have... Yeah, I should have listened. It was like, almost died during roll call. It, like we have this shout out to the studio. Uh, we're we're still at uh, in our Philly pilgrimage. We're at uh, yes. the Milk Boy Studio, aka the studio, um, and their fancy cheese here and <laughs> fancy cheese that my there, eight year old takes about, the lunch. There's something about when that organ drill starts. There's a, a level of panic in the air. That happens. <laughs> yes, and, and it's like you'll go stats the intro. Yeah. That's, I, that's I some early it. QLS reference for, yeah. you, for our listeners. Yeah, and I heard it. Well, yeah, when, <laughs> when my my love for Latin quarter stories. Yes. When those drums happen, <laughs> that means someone's getting their ass beat uh, at the Latin quarter when that when those rolls come in. Yeah, but when I heard the organ thing, I was like, oh, I'm eating cheese. Oh, I don't know. I'll swallow it real quick. <laughs> and then that was it. I, I, I was choking. So... Um, this is a historical first, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, we have our first repeat guest. Oh, we knew snap. this moment was happening. Kind of. Kind we are, of. Wow. We're, we're, well, okay, half the people weren't here at the time when Jeff yeah. came before, so this is this is the full the the full throttle Jazzy Jeff episode with all the members present. But um, would you like to tell them why we had to have a part two? Why do we have to have? A we didn't even get the Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith did <laughs> oh, not even yes. enter part. One. Wow, wow! So, so we can start like the Biggie record previously on Ready to Die. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff, you were five years old when you got your first. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff. So in 1978, all right, we ended uh, talking about the the DMC battles. Yeah. Oh, good and, memory. And how Jeff wanted to. It's one of my favorite episodes. I actually. Oh, wow. Not only am I narcissistic, I'm also a sponge full of information. I, I remembered <laughs> that uh, he uh, used the wrong turntables and yep. still won the battle against, was it G- DJ Cheese? Yes. Okay. Cheese? That's ironic. He used the wrong turntable. You used like a, a belt drive or direct, what was wrong no, about it? Was, it was two setups and one of them wasn't acting right and everybody that used that setup lost Ah, Uh, and he dissed me and I got mad and I wanted to beat him on the bad setup so I did (laughs) (laughs) so I did it he whooped his ass yes Um, so then once you're crowned king uh, what happens like I mean they gave me a big cup and you went yeah, back over you know to West like all of the all of the DMCs uh, after that or the new music seminars they gave a belt and they gave me a cup. I mean, I appreciate the cup. 
you know first you I, take the cup yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know i can't i came home i can't the funny thing is i came home and went straight to wdas cuz you know we did just did you cut did you cut uh is that the night that you cut baby let's go go you went to das this is in the 80s and you stayed on only thing that a muskie needed was a little bit. You cut big jump beater, big jump beater, four minutes straight, oh, and it's one of the Roxanne. I that you, wasn't me. Okay. No, 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 no. You I, were cutting. I did it four yes. minutes straight. Yes, you were cutting big jump. Yes, I don't know if it's after this night in particular. No, I probably wasn't. Well, you know, we we lived in DAS. You know, we 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 had kind of had carte blanche that you just kind of show up, stop by when you want to. Yeah, yeah. DAS was like that. I like that. Yeah, shout out to uh, everyone at DS, uh, J1s, and, 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 well, J1s is now, uh, uh, we're the best. Uh, he's J1s, J1s, like the record, he's a record guy. J1s is J1s? now the right hand man of uh, DJ Khaled. Uh, Khaled, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, you know. That was during the no rap work days at That's crazy. Nah, I mean, no, you no, know, no, back when was, Power yeah. 99 had their yeah. Mixed show at Friday nights between like nine thirty and two. That was Cutmaster Butter and uh, Cut. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, Lawrence Levine. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's also the night. Lawrence Levine. Not Larry Levine. No. 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 It was okay. a guy from Philly. Named oh, Lawrence okay. Levine. Okay. Yeah. Always these glorious names. That yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're a French name, a black dude, you're. It's <laughs> quite glorious. Um. So I guess we can start with. How did you meet Will Smith? Oh, uh, okay. Um, well, you know, back back then it wasn't uh, like a bunch of really big groups. You know, it was it was everybody had a DJ on their block, um, and then they, we would all kind of get together. You know, at the Wind, the Hotel Philadelphia, Wagner's Ballroom, just all of the spots in the city. Um, so I knew of Will. I knew. You know, I, I he was on the flyer with me for a couple of shows, so I knew the group that he was with. What was um, his group? The Hypnotic MCs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy because this is kind of, well, not kind of, this is pre-cell phone, pre-anything. This is like, yo, I got to call you in the crib. If you don't answer, we're done. Right. And somebody called me and said, hey, I got a party for you on 59th and Woodcrest tonight. And I picked up the phone and I called Ice, who is my MC. Mm-hmm. And Ice wasn't in the house. Wow. And, you know, I was like, okay, I, I, you know, I got to go and do it. So, you know, we jumped in the car, we drove up there. Come to find out, it was two doors away from Will. So when I came and set up, of course, you know, Will and I want to come down in the basement and kind of see who's doing the party and then realized it was me and was like, oh, man. So he was like, hey, where's Ice? I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't find him. He's like, yo, you mind if I rock? And I was like, nah. And we got on and it was a, it was a, a, anybody who DJs or anybody who raps for a good DJ knows that there's this chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, my, my brain works in bars. So I kind of know like, listen, your fourth bar is going to be your punchline bar. You, so I'm kind of like, yo, at, I'll yeah. drop out. Or just do a scratch there. And it was just, but it was also, Will was somebody that watched and was like, okay, Jeff does this with this hand and he does this with this hand. 
So he would tell me to do something, but he would always tell me to do it while I was on the opposite hand to set it up. So for me to realize that he paid that much attention and then him realize that I paid that much attention, it was kind of like one of those things. Like I was like, yo, this is the best night of my life and this is crazy. (laughs) And what you doing tomorrow? I got a party to do tomorrow. And, you know, so essentially, you two are having an affair with each other. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> how do you how do you tell your respective crews? Well, how I don't, do you, how I don't do you know, finesse? The, I, I don't do, really do you, know how he handled it. I know um, you came back with the black. Well, guy. I can, you know what? It was it was a it was a couple shows that Will and Ice did together, um, and you could definitely tell the difference. Is there an age difference between the two? Um, Ice might be a little bit, maybe two years older than Will. Hmm. So is that dog years and MC years? Like no, 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 no. Well, you got to understand, this was so early. You know, it, it might have been twenty rap records out. <laughs> Period. So we're not even talking about the records. We're just talking about everybody. It was, you know, it was a main cruise in Philly. Right. Um, and it was just kind of like, what year is this? By the way, eighty. Five, oh, wow. okay, eighty five, um, and it was it was lit. No, was was it eighty five? Yeah, it was eighty five. So you're still cutting a shout. The, oh the, yeah, the break we're, we're, shout. we're doing all of that. <laughs> um, you know, we we were doing something with drum with a drum machine. I had a routine that I did with a nine oh nine. That was that I, I used to do this thing with a nine oh nine and a, a this Boss foot pedal that on the oh, back wow. of the nine oh nine. Um, there's a there's a trigger out, and and the trigger out is the rim shot. So if you plug the boss foot pedal up to the the trigger out, anytime you hit the trigger out, it's going to trigger the boss foot pedal. Right. There was a mic input on the boss foot pedal. So me and Will used to do this thing called the Copy Rock. That all you had to do is program a beat and just leave the space at the one mm-hmm. that. If he would, you know, it was almost like Quest Love Supreme. And he would say a punchline, and I would go from record to play, and it would automatically play. And everybody was like, oh, my God, Jeff and Will are, are, (laughs) he's scratching Will's voice. Really? Yeah, we was always ahead of. Wow. Well, you were always ahead of it. Like, you and technology. Nah, dope, for real. Listen. I did a session with Jeff in 2006, seven. And he was recording vocals in Ableton, <laughs> like back then. And like I, I want to say I found out about Final Scratch from you. Like yep. An, an yeah, article was, that was that somebody quoted you or something. Yeah, listen. And I smoked my vote, my first vape pen with you. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, I'm all the way across the board, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no shame in my technology game. Listen, you know. So I mean, even back then, how are you finding about you're not up on this next? Like well, how- I don't think I don't think you are. You know, you you, you know, I grew up going downtown every day, going in a Funko Mart every day, and staring at the equipment that you can't afford. Right. You know, know and and then getting cool with them. Like I, you know, listen, I bought a, I bought a, a an Echo machine on layaway. People don't even understand the layaway. I was going down there putting $3. They got mad at me because, of course, you know, they got to write every time right, you right. put money down receipt. on a receipt. And my receipt, that shit was going to the back side because it was like $3, <laughs> like, $2. Dude, still ain't and they're like, listen, man, why don't you, don't bring nothing down here less than a 20 Because wow. I can't do three, you know. But it was just so I could get on the mic and go, do it, do it, do it. 
that was the shit to me. <laughs> Wait, were you were you ever that type of DJ where you did your own? Uh, Listen, Shut up the, you the, gotta the, understand. The Listen, I was DJing before they were rappers. Wow! So, like, what else are you gonna do? You get on the mic, yo! Shout out to such and such from Fifty Second and Addison. Go, girl, 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 girl! Lawana, you know, your mama's coming. Yeah, right. right. The door waiting for you. In the back. <laughs> your mama's here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know them. So, uh, in doing these routines. Then how do you guys? What's the the next step? Is it word up records and? Yeah. Well, you know what? Everything happened really fast because Will was on his way to college. Um, Where was he going to go? He was going to MIT. Wow. Whoa. Oh yeah, he was. Will was going to MIT. Like he was. He was serious. And it was kind of like we hooked up. Like I want to say that this party had to be sometime in. <sighs> maybe January. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know you'll remember this. Like, Philly, Philly has a schedule. Philly has a calendar mm-hmm. that, you know, from you got January, February. As soon as March come, Bartram would always have the first prom of any of the high schools. Right. So that kicked off prom season. So every Friday, it's Bartram. Then it's Mass Bomb and such and such and such. So if you were a DJ. And you're grabbing all these Oh, gigs. listen, you you worked. You know, not, not, even if you didn't do the prom, you went with GQ George for the after, par, after, after party, prom. At, at the win. You know, either at the win or it was, what was the joint on Parkside? Cornucopia? Parkside, eat your cornucopia was the small ones. But wait, everybody, wait, all out. the schools that had good money was on Parkside. <laughs> wait, time out. So Spawn, our uh, engineer in the other room, has put his hands up for <laughs> cornucopia. Yeah. Side note, I went to the wrong cornucopia. Oh no! There's there's a cornucopia bar on Fifty Second and Gerard. Yeah, and I walked in that motherfucker like, yeah, oh, nah. This is good. Is yeah. Oh, Fifty Second of Woodrow, right, right, and it was not the after. It's not cornucopia. So okay, so this is also because you gotta also explain that. Um, with hip hop culture in the eighties, uh, we weren't going to the mainstream clubs or none of those no. things. Like all this was, it was rented ballrooms. Like the win was Speak- a ballroom. The win wasn't a club, right? You rented the win. You rented the <laughs> hotel Philadelphia. We didn't have like I almost want to say that the first club that we actually had. Was after midnight. Wow! Like after midnight was, was a club. Was a club, yeah. And you know that was something that, that it's we, known now. To, well, yeah. it was the Spaghetti Factory? No, in, no, no. In I'm talking 90s. about the first after midnight. I know. Oh wait, yeah, where the, was the first? Uh, 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 what was it? Eighth and Cherry. Yeah, the first after midnight was Eighth and Cherry. Eighth and Cherry was was LL. Understand the Spaghetti Warehouse after mm-hmm. midnight? Oh, that shit lasted about three months. That that had the potential to be Philly's best club ever, and the people in the neighborhood was like, "Nah, y'all not doing that here." Oh, they had a skating ring in after midnight. Yes, yeah. Listen, that was that was open for about three months. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But the, so the that's the night that LL did that. Freestyle? That was that was Eighth and Cherry. Wow. Yeah, that was Eighth and Cherry. Boss Bill, were we allowed to play that freestyle? Mm. No. Sorry. I mean, I'd rather ask permission or. 
I read the apologize. Yeah. You can play it. I'm just going play to play it. It ain't going to be. No. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to follow the rules. I'm Somebody. just trying to figure out. You got that? Yes. <sighs> you never heard it? Of course I heard it. Oh, I, was I was there. I was say. I'm, I'm just shocked that you got Well, no, I'm not shocked Come that on, you y'all. got it. <laughs> Do you know who he is? I forgot who. No, I, I absolutely know who he is. He's so like, what, are, what historical shows have you seen? Besides oh, you being a historical. Listen, I mean, you know, everything that was at After Midnight. Because, like I said, it, you know, once After Midnight came, we wasn't really going to the win. Okay. Because we had a club, you know, that was kind of like, yo, this shit is popping every week. So you would go down there and, you know, and, and L would come through and Big Daddy Kane would come through and Stetsasonic would come through and, you know, it was, it was, it was the home. I finally got Big Daddy Kane to talk about the Jazz Fresh battle. Yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> I got that. You have a battle on tape? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I got that. Jeff? Sounds yeah. like there's going to be a trade happening here. Whoa. We don't ever trade. We just give each other stuff. We don't call it trading. Okay. Trading, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's. I see. By the way, Fonte, <laughs> by the way, Fonte, <laughs> the, the after trading. midnight is definitely the Philly Latin Quarter. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. Right. Absolutely. absolutely. It was, after it was midnight. Like that. Okay. Um, especially when, uh, I mean, a big part of Philly's presence in late '80s hip hop also has to do with the fact that, um, because uh, with the exception of the muscle of Carol Lewis getting a fresh fest. And to maybe the Nassau Coliseum, Madison Square Garden really wasn't having that. So you really couldn't get mm-hmm. good hip hop in proper right. venues. Thus, you either go in the Latin Quarter or you're going down 95 yep. south to Philly to do uh, Spectrum. After Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Or right, the Spectrum, of course, yep. for that stuff. Um, so, how do you guys, how do you put routines together when it's time to do? How long are these DJ gigs for starters? Oh, uh, man, you was playing for an hour. Wait, that's I mean, it? Well, you got to keep in mind, it was 97 DJs on. <laughs> like, it was always a million DJs. Come on, man. You I, Listen, don't make me pull out the you Bobby Dance like, flyers oh, no. and see how many people were on those shows. You weren't doing three to four hours a that, gig? No. First of all, let me just explain, because I think I, I said this before. That. You invented that. <laughs> <laughs> you invented that, man. You know how many people tr- booked me? It was a quest love play four hours. Like, yeah, okay. Booking me. They don't do that. I don't do that. I can't do that. Look what you did. Really? Hey. Just an hour? Look what well, you listen, did. Well, listen, back then, well, well, not just that. What you have to understand, the 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 live at Union Square show was mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Wow. What? You didn't do shows for an hour. Shit, we had two records. Like they didn't know yeah, that I was, I was gonna, to figure out how Yeah, but you... they didn't know that we were going to fill in the gaps like that. Like that was you got to understand when we started doing shows, we just were taking what we were doing at the win. We were taking what we were doing before we had records and you would add that to your record. So it's kind of like, yo, I'm going to start off and I'm going to cut these three records. Ready Rock C going to come out, he's going to do the beatbox and then we going to do these two records. It was almost like so, a variety show. Yeah, exactly. So you were only there to do Girls ain't number trouble oh, and a Ev- touch of jazz. Everybody was and get out. That's it. That's it. And you just, you know, it was kind of like, yo, we need to, you know, we need to show. Well, first of all, you got to understand, we didn't know what they were doing. We thought what we were doing in Philly, we thought is what everybody, everybody else in the world was, was doing. doing. Right. So yeah. we got to New York and started doing it, and it was just kind of like everybody's going crazy, and I'm just kind of like, what are you going crazy for? Y'all don't do the same shit. I found out. 
when uh, Reek first got to stretching Barbados, Reek thought everybody was freestyling. Oh, no, no. So yeah. that's why Reek became such a stickler for freestyling because, again, it's like, well, Wu-Tang must be doing this and Nas must be doing this. And nah, you to hear them same albums yeah. on yeah, absolutely. albums. Absolutely. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So, okay, well, making your 20-minute set then, uh, are you thinking of like, okay, song of the moment or? no. Nah. Nah, I mean, everything was DJ oriented. You know, it's it's kind of like you knew the records that were DJ records. You know, it, it, it's typical. You know, dancers, drummers, beat, this, 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 this. You know, what is something that people know that you can manipulate, that they can see what you're doing, and, you know, and that they know that what you're doing is something special. That you're there. So you just, you just got these records that you would just do, and you would just change them up. You know, if you got, if, if you, you got, a hundred different records that you can cut and you only need to cut two, you know, that's 50 shows of doing different routines. <laughs> right. But when did you realize that certain records are hotter in other cities that you that might not have been... Oh, man. You know what I mean? Listen, like, could you do Let's Dance to the Drummer's Beat in Houston? No. Would it have the same... And, and No, no. I mean, and trust me, it wasn't until we started Got going me. out... <laughs> That you start realizing, it, like it was two things. We, I remember us doing, um, I remember us doing a Richmond Coliseum, and I did a DJ routine. And halfway through it, I looked up, and everybody was just staring at me. And I was like, "You have no idea what I'm doing." And it was like, "Wow!" Like if you pay attention, that's why on the Magnificent. You hear Will telling me what to do, and then I do it. Like, we realize the, how you have to do it is you have to tell people, Jeff, scratch like you a bird. set up the trick. And yeah. then when you yeah. do it, everybody's like, oh, my God. Like, they didn't get it. Like, hip-hop hadn't come that far in all of those places, you know, that to the point that people understood what a hip-hop DJ was doing. So it was the same thing, that it's kind of like, okay, I'm 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 cutting dance to the drummer's beat and then you get someplace and you do it and you got that look like, okay, they have no idea what this record is. That's where Rock the Bells came from. That's where Peter Piper came from. Because you cut, cut records, records that know. everybody know. Uh. Like that was my biggest criticism um when I used to watch DJs and DJ battles that they would do these amazing routines off of records that nobody oh, knows. Yeah. It's kinda like how do they know yeah. what you did to it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You have no perspective on it because you all. don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out that for Stro right now, because still, I feel like the only people that are truly mind blown at what Stro Elliot does mm -hmm. and Jeremy as well is the Roots on stage, mm -hmm. because the whole audience is just like a silent stunt. Like you know, occasional Instagram will be like, "Oh, Stro Elliot," like. All that, all that is is just picking popular records. But yeah, and he now, and, and he does them how they're supposed to be done, and then he flips it. Once he flips it, it's hip -hop, over. Hip hop one hundred and one, right? It's the same, basically the same but concept. I, we got to figure out a way. Like when he was saying, like instructions, chirp mm. like a bird and break it yeah. down right here, yeah. and that sort of thing. And when do you decide? Like that's what I was asking. Like when do you decide? When I go to DC, okay, I'm gonna play my shit, but also I know I can play this because this this record was hot here. Well, you this. almost have to go to find out, mm -hmm. you know, because God bless that time. Music was different in every place in every that you place, went to, man, right. that you know, and over. you appreciated <laughs> that. Atlanta, you know, I, yeah. I, I enjoy doing those shows 
that Columbus, Ohio was different. You know, you go to, you know, D.C. or Virginia, you know, you got a little bit of that go-go stuff that you can kind of add it. Like you, you, you heard what each territory's musical taste was, you know. I'm scared of that today. Oh, yeah. We no. don't have that. We don't. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we were just talking about that the other day. What? Uh, regional. Like, there's no regional sounds anymore. Nah. Really. It's nah. only the foundation. Like, I know, I feel like Jamaica funk is like a regional record. Like, it's like a DC, to yeah. those kind of classics. Mm-hmm. How did you and Jeff, I mean, you and um, Will, when y'all first, so your first deal wasn't directly with Jack. No, 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 no. no. How was, who was the first up. deal? Well, we did, you know what was funny? Um... You know, Word Up was a extension of pop art, which was, you know... It was Lawrence. Lawrence you know, Goodman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, understand, Dana Goodman owned Word Up. So, you know, it's the Goodman oh, brothers. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were so, brothers. So it was funny because um, Dana lived around the corner from Will. So me and Will did the demo of Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, and Will gave it to Dana. Because we was, you know... We weren't, we weren't even on that radio. Demo, what did y'all even cut it on? Oh, listen, I had, a, I had a drum machine and a four track. Oh, you had a four track. And it okay. was just kind of like. The original was done on a four track? Yeah. Well, understand the original, original was done over Moments in Love. Wow. Yes, I have that yeah. mixtape. Yeah. With the doo doo on yeah. the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have that? No, I don't. And I need that. <laughs> I need that too. Will will go crazy for that. Dude, I we lived on in London. We have that. Somewhere yeah. in my storage unit, I got that. She had doo-doo on her <laughs> shoe. Yo, don't we got to go to the storage unit tomorrow? There you go. Yeah, we do. But yeah, you know, we we, we did it. He gave, and he gave the demo to um, Dana. So it was funny because Will called and was like, yo, Dana wants to come over and talk to us about putting out a record. And I was like, all right. So Dana comes to my house and Dana walks up on the porch. And you know, you hear stories of Dana and Lawrence. Dana walks up on my porch and my next door neighbor, Keith, looked at Dana and said, Pi? And Dana looked at him. So first of all, I'm like, who the fuck is Pi? And Dana looked at him and said, Hawk? So now I'm kind of like, who the fuck is Hawk? Huh? Um, and then they hugged. And it was like, yo, man, what's going on? How you doing? And he was like, what are you doing here? And Dana was like, I'm coming to check out the young boy in his, his you know, in his demo. And Keith's face got really serious. And he looked at Dana and he was like, Pa, that's Jimmy Town's son. I mean, Jimmy Town's brother. Don't fuck with him. Oh. And I was looking like, what's going on? He said, that's, that's family. That's, I'll never forget that. He's like, that's family. So Red what flag. did he just save you from that you don't know what just happened? Well, uh, well I know uh, Dana <laughs> pulled a gun out on Will. Who? Wait, uh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a whole bunch of that. But yeah, that, none of that ever happened to me. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the Goodman brothers. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Time out. Let's not let's not gloss over it. Yeah. The crafting of Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble was some major shit because it was like by that point you could choose you could choose two squads. Mm-hmm. You could either go the Schooly D squad of where everyone else was going. What what I call like uh you know like blues is uh Blues is crafted, uh, you know, like the, the, the first chord, then the fourth and the fifth. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, your setup line right here, and then your second setup line right here, yeah. and then your third setup line right here, and then the punch line. And if she don't, no, 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 and then yeah. 
Then I'll take a sister to with Schooly D. It's the same thing. With it's like the two setup lines. I went to yeah, and then I and and then the punchline. Then I pulled my gun. Y'all could have easily went there because everybody and their mom was going the Schooly D narrative route. You guys chose, I felt you guys were more trying to go the Slick Rick route, mm-hmm. which kind of Will's version of Slick Rick, click, he sort of carved his own lane, yeah. which I still don't know what people decided to call it or whatever, but it's it's more like, you know, I felt like that was the next step that Lottie Dottie should have went for. Yeah, for Doug and Rick, and it didn't. Now it's you guys. Yeah. So, like, how did you guys craft it? Was it just like, okay, let's Will rhyme was, over Jim and Jeannie? And Will that's was it? Will was a great storyteller. So he 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 had girls ain't nothing but trouble written. Um, and I just programmed a beat and grabbed the TV tunes record and <laughs> played I Dream of Jeannie. Ten minutes. Um, yeah, and and he wrote it, but you know, like I said. I remember doing shows playing the, uh, you know, cutting the instrumental of Moments in Love and Will would do moments, you know, Will would do Girls in Nothing But Trouble. And I, I was blown away at how everybody was looking at his mouth, mm-hmm. like waiting for the next line. And I was like, yo, like, this is crazy. Like this, he's got some power. If you know star. what I mean, you're telling something that that that's that visual that you can kind of see it in your head. So he was always a star. He was all yeah. He always had that that level of of writing uh, uh, that was very visual. Now doing business with Goodman, yeah. What was? <laughs> I mean, listen. You know what? This is this is this is back in the day. Um, there was I I had no aspirations to make a record like that. Wasn't it? You know, my in my brain, I had my life's. Set. I was about to go work at PGW because they had great benefits. Mm-hmm. I was going to take a two-week vacation in Wildwood, and I was going to get a house on Kyle's Creek Parkway so I could look across the street at some grass. <laughs> like they, that was the life. I did as serious. Cobb's Creek was the life. That you was lived it. On that like block. I really thought that that was it. Go to Pathmark. So when it was kind of like, hey, let's put this, let's let's do this record. We go in the studio. And basically, you know, I'll take my drum machine and record it and fly girls in that but trouble in and Will Will does it and he puts it out um and it starts getting played on DAS and then it starts getting played on BLS in New York and then we have to go to New York and then we do Latin quarters and we do this and next thing you know when North Carolina like this this was all happening really fast. Girls dropped two days before Will graduated from Overbrook. Oh wow! What so that like that. Like? Listen, that was oh man! Like he was the 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 graduation party, and you got a record. <laughs> you got a record he was right. balling. He was balling because it was a hit. Oh man! It was it was playing it everywhere. Like and 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 it was also in my brain. I'm like, okay, he about to go to college. So like and we start we end up we go to LA right. and start doing stuff and the next you know we got a call like they you know this is blowing up huge in London they want you to come over and do top of the pops and I, we didn't know what top of the pops was y'all did top of the no, pops no listen so we get over there and we didn't 
have work papers. Oh, so they wouldn't oh, let us perform. So we literally flew over there for them to say, hey, this is DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And we said, hi, everybody. And they played Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. But you couldn't perform. No, we couldn't perform. I hate London like that, man. What is what is yeah. that? What is Pops? Um, Top of the Pops top was the like pops, a, yeah. like Dick They're Clark. They're American bands. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. But it was, you know, and it got to the point that it, it started gaining so much traction that Will kind of went to his mom and dad was like, you know, I I got to I got to see where this go. Mm-mm. You know, and Are they looking for you? Was, well, no, you know what's crazy because it was played on the radio and us doing all of that traveling, you got to understand, we didn't have a family member that had ever been to London. <laughs> so it was kind of like, listen, I can't say nothing. I got, okay. I, oh. You know, um, and that was it. Like, it it started and never stopped. You know, we did Girls in Up My Trouble. Of course, you know... Dana wanted to do guys ain't nothing but trouble because everybody wanted to do an record answer. Response, so he was record, like, let's yeah. let's answer our own record. So who's I, is ice cream tea ice cream related tea. to him? No, no. Like he we you know, ice cream tea. I think Lady B knew ice cream tea. So we did guys ain't nothing but trouble. Then we did just one of those days, which is the record that I I hate love with I a passion. Let me tell you, let me, hold on, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You kicked the feet so like listen, that. Listen, no. so Dana, <laughs> Dana is in the studio. So first of all, the the the, the first lesson that Don't I ruin get my childhood is here. girls in them, but trouble comes out, and that shit says produced and written by D Goodman. Mm. Oh, and I was just kind of like, okay, um, if he did that, I'm just trying to figure out what did I actually do, right? <laughs> Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out because I know we came in the studio, and then Dana would give these instructions like, turn the kick jaw up, and you could <laughs> tell the engineer who was terrified of Dana. He's kind of like I don't like I would watch him put his hand on the knob and never turn it, and he'd be like turn the kick jaw up, and he would turn the volume up. They had Yuri speakers that the old Yuri speakers had the light that when they would clip the light would come on every time the light came on he would be like that's it. And I'm just saying, he just Clip turned it. the volume up. <laughs> right. But I, you know what? Your secret is safe for me because I know he didn't really know what he was talking about. Right. So Dana. Wait, time out. I, I believe that uh, the studio's own Jeff Chest. Okay. I thought it was he also did the Goodman stuff. All right. Continue. Yeah. No, that was Joe the Butcher. Okay. So Dana felt that the hook of Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, follow me. Mm-hmm. was too slow. The hook was too slow. So he kept saying, I want to speed it up. And I'm saying, you can't speed up the hook and not speed up the record. Simple, yeah. So they spliced the tape mm. and sped it up. So if you listen to just one of those days, oh yeah, get to the play. Oh, wait, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you're it lying. Gets, it gets really no, fast, yeah, yeah. I know exactly and then it slows about. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always wondered about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I girls ain't messing with you again. I thought that was on purpose. You have to understand that the hair on the back of my neck is rising that you're playing this. And we gotta get to the hook. Well, this is my song. Wait, wait. Murphy's Law takes over your life And you just can't seem to do a darn thing right And when the day was over You just had to say You said, man, it's just one of those days 
Hold on. Watch the tone change. Hold on. Follow it. Just that part? <laughs> yeah, I and he did it. And he released it. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird, but I thought that was just how oh, it no, was. Yeah. No, was no, 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 that was that was So so the Goodmans, yeah. I mean, were they were were they street guys? Like were yeah, they, they were the street reputation? Guys. Okay. They were street guys. I mean it's, and 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 you know, not taking anything alive? not taking anything away. Are they still from alive? Them. Yeah, I'm sure. Are they not incarcerated? I, listen, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but you know, the funny thing is like Dana and Lawrence Goodman, especially Lawrence Goodman, when you think about it, Lawrence Goodman was the first Def Jam. Yeah. Lawrence Goodman had Salt and Pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, Lawrence Goodman had Marley Mall. Marley Mall. Like everybody. Roxanne Shante. You know, everybody. He had everyone. What happened? You know, I, hey, man, you know, sometimes you can't separate church and state. You can't leave the. Hmm, damn. Because his know. sons, though, his sons were the youngsters. The right? youngsters. Those were yeah. sons, yeah. Oh! Yeah, it's yeah. all coming together in my head yeah. now. I thought he worked for like PGW or something. Yeah, okay. Yay. So you know, it was it, and it was it was crazy because then we put the album out. We did, we went in the studio and recorded the album. Thank God he didn't speed anything up other than that <laughs> on that. And the album comes out and the album starts to blow up. So the only money that we were ever making was from shows, like you know, and and you know, I knew I knew where this was going. Um, and then what happened was Jive reached out and was like, yo, they want to pick the record up. So I remember us going up to the meeting with Jive and I was just praying like, because the only, to me, the only chance of success that we would have is to get either off of word up records or have major distribution like we did with Jive. Was he just the label or was he the manager? No, 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 no. Oh no. He was, he was just a label. Okay. Okay. He was just a label. So when we signed, or when he signed to Jive, you know, mm. that's when we could officially get rid of the Run DMC album cover. Um, I love that, though. No, Whose I idea didn't. was that? That was Dana's. Man, that shit was whack. <laughs> that was whack. He took Run DMC's yeah, album cover, and, basically we did it, and yeah. we did it, and man, like... Did they feel some sort of way about it? No, listen, fuck them. I felt some kind of way. <laughs> we lost street cred. People was just like, you bite, yo, man. how you going to just have a Run DMC cover? See? Nah, we, listen, that was not cool. That was so not cool. That was absolutely not cool. I, I mean, clever. I still have a copy of that, and I'm not getting rid yeah, of it. Cool. But. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. I was going to say, one, it's very expensive to find yeah. and to collect, yeah. but I saw it as homage. I never yeah. saw it as we biting. Well, he was biting. It's called Rock the House. <laughs> he was biting. Rock, rock the House. Yeah, yeah he was biting. Ah, oh, damn. But, it was, but you know, so if it's so under job, if it's under five years, then it's biting. But if it's over ten years, it's homage. It's homage. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's the rule now. Homage. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, listen, Run DMC had just come out. Yeah. So did they ever like say was, anything? No. Okay. No. I mean, thank God. Listen, the people who bought the Word Up vinyl did not equate to the people who bought the job. Philly was corny. So, I get it. So okay. it's kind of like so. Cool. So the whole so the Word Up rock the house was it the exact same record? Yeah, it was the same. Came it was out the exact same well, y'all record. did another version of Girls. Yeah. That wasn't on. That wasn't on until that, that was, album. That was, that was yeah. That was on the job. Yeah, but that was also after. That was that was after, after parents. Yeah, yeah. Right. That was job with the job chasing some shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> while we're talking about Jive and you guys signing over there, was there? Any trepidation because they already had a Jazzy Jeff on the label? Uh, well, you know what? Let me tell you something. What saved me, because he sued me. Really? Oh, yeah. He he tried to sue me for 
twenty million dollars, which I thought was the absolute joke because I was just like, "Where the fuck are you gonna get that at?" <laughs> um, but um, when we sat down in that meeting, talking about you know, like when we were doing the the the, the distribution deal, I said it. I said, "Wait a minute." Are we going to have an issue because you have a Jazzy Jeff signed to your label? And they said, no, we'll take care of it. <laughs> By take care of it, they mean stop promoting his record? You know. <laughs> right. And well, then it was that Jazzy Jeff. Like, what, what was he? Was a... it, was, it, it was, that was Jazzy Jeff from the Funky Four Plus One More. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Damn. Yeah, he did a solo deal on Jive. Um, wow. And then, you know, when, when everything started, I don't know what happened with him. But, it, you know, after some years, he was just kind of like, yo, like... You you took my name and I'm like nigga my name is Jeff like I ain't <laughs> taking like, name right. like, ain't no other name that could have gone before you know, Jeff just yeah, you know, you know. Uh, funky Jeff did you have yeah, another yeah. Uh, did did you have other options or janky yeah. oh man I was <laughs> mixed, I was mixed master Jeff before I was jazzy Jeff but that shit was way too expensive you try going getting a shirt with Mixed Master Jeff paying okay. twenty five yeah. cents a letter. A letter yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you lucky my shit wasn't J Jeff. <laughs> since, since, since we're on the topic, since we're on the topic of the name, I want to fact check Discogs really quick. Mm-hmm. Are you on this Cazal Boys records? Yes. Okay. Uh, Corner Boys. Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And what were those records? What were those? They were they were Philly groups. <laughs> okay. Philly groups that you I did scratches on. Okay. Like this was before. It was like 85. On, yeah. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. Listen, you was just trying to be on a record. Like I said, man, I was I was trying to get cred down at PGW, which is Philadelphia Gasworks. Yeah. Right. Like, I was right. trying to be down there, like, yeah, you know I did scratches on that. No, you didn't, you didn't look my name, you know. I didn't <laughs> expect this shit to happen. You mentioned uh, earlier you was talking about uh, Goodman. They was like, you know, that's Jimmy Towns' brother. So what was your brother mm, well, for I him mean, to have listen, that respect? You know, like, what that, what that did was, your brother do? That was the 70s. You know, okay. they was in all kinds of shit. So, I, you know, it was just like people people knew. Like, I didn't, I didn't know the level of respect that my brother and my brother's friends had mm. until after I got older. Got that you. you realize, you know, like, okay, they was... You know, this is back gang wars. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, yeah, like, you know, this is all of that. So, you know, I, I think they knew. You know, they knew of each other, and evidently, for him saying that had more to do with, you know, I know how you get down, and I'm just letting you know that's family. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's dope, man. That's crazy. When um when y'all did um the first album, Rock the House, when it went to Jive, mm-hmm. um. Was there any other who else was on it? Was Houdini there at that yeah, time? Yeah. So like who who the other I mean, what made y'all say I I think this is a good fit for us? Well, oh. well first of all, <laughs> school let, me, let me just say, any label was a good fit back then. <laughs> right. So it wasn't like we was picking and choosing. It's like whoever came they fucking with it. That's you know, cool. it because you really looked at it like the my closest path to success is getting this so that everybody can hear it, mm-hmm. and everybody wasn't going to hear it on Word Up Records. And so, how did that? How did Rock the House? Did it go gold? Yeah, Rock the House go gold. Yeah, yeah. and you before, know, before before he's the DJ, I'm the rapper, or like no, before. Okay, just on its own merit, yeah. okay. gold on the street. So it's yeah. just you know, and that was we got a chance to tour, and we you know that's we went on tour with Houdini, and we went on tour with Run DMC, and. You know, that's that's where everything started, you know, and and in nineteen eighty six it was it was us, it was kid and play, 
It was salt and pepper. It was Mantronics. It was Kumo D. Like all of us did a million shows together Mm -hmm. because we all came around and came out around the same time. All under the Rush banner? Well, no. It was just like, you know, like I said, it wasn't that many hip hop groups. So the hip hop groups that came out and popped and were Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, (laughs) Salt and Pepper, you know, uh, Mantronics, Kid and Play, uh, who am I missing? Yeah, Houdini. You, Houdini, Houdini. you know, well, Houdini were already out there. Well, Eric B. and Rakim, like, we all came out at the same time. Chuck D would dub you guys the extra strength posse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever <laughs> I was like, damn, what do I got? I always wanted to know, like, if the roots were out back then, like, what category what would we have us in? Yeah. <laughs> Fear of a black Salt instrumentalist <laughs> number 12. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do I got to do to be in the extra strength posse? Listen, black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breeden, Candy Shannon, Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams. Women owning radio stations like Kathy Hughes. Listen, the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Word. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Each episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I feel silly. Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa, mind blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. 
And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Do you acknowledge that you're the first person to use Funky Drummer? Mm. You know what's funny? Um, Bambadis said that to me. Oh. Bambadis said that to me at the New Music Seminar when I won. Bambada, because Bambada had heard the, the Magnificent. And he was like, he came up to me and he was just like, you, bo- you a bold motherfucker. And I remember <laughs> looking at him and, and he was just like, because... You you let the record go, because yes. people were scratched. Mm-hmm. No one ever let it go. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, I'm a, you know. I can't tell you the amount of times that I have tried. Mm-hmm. How many times <laughs> I've made pause tapes <laughs> just to this. When I heard this, I was like, what the hell is this? First I would, of all. I would take this to Funko Mart. You know Bob yes. at Sound the Market? Oh, come on. Bob, rest in peace, Bob. Yeah. I, no one could tell you who it was. And for like <laughs> at least a year and a half until I discovered in the Jungle Groove, like a, a year and a half later, did I know where it came from. Mm-hmm. How come nobody... Use that break. I don't know. Listen, they weren't using breaks then. Were you you per- just said I was the first person to do it. And people, you the first person I ever heard using Pizza President. And I'm not just talking about just the drum yeah, break. The, you yeah, actually you used boom. the rest of the song. But, uh, don't, the as we go. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. as we go. Or was he? Uh, Project O. Dana Project O was first. Project Oh, okay. Yeah, if she said. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, 87, 88. Yeah, but you used it in a musical. Yeah. Way, a more flushed out musical way, where Marley Mall just used Project right. O as yeah, you know a stab or that sort of thing. Um, so okay, so in doing this record, can you give us any what was doing those uh, post post Fresh Fest? I guess they were Def Jam tours by then, mm-hmm. or whoever's had the time LL tours or. What was that like? Oh man, that was that was amazing. You it's 20,000 people. Really? 20,000 people and you you know and you're going you know you you it's 20,000 people in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> so you also like I said, you understand. I'm I'm still thinking I'm supposed to be at the gas company. What am I doing in Albuquerque, New Mexico? We were going to so cities. By this point, you're still thinking like when this what is if this over, work I gotta out. get a real Listen, job. Oh man, I didn't think this shit was gonna work out until a couple years ago. <laughs> I still think that. A couple so years after, ago, like two thousand. So after after you, Rock the House, like because that went gold. I mean, did that change? I mean, financially, like we're oh, yeah, all yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, what? You, no, no. Come on, come on. We talking about the music business. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't never been good. But what I will say is, you know, you're making money doing these shows. Doing you're shows, doing okay. tours. You know, and and it was funny because I I went through this thing. Of I remember, you know, Will and I, I don't even remember exactly how much we were getting paid. All I know is I was pretty much coming home with about $2,000 every show. Mm-hmm. So 
I would not put it in a bank. Like I put that shit in a box underneath my bed and until it got to the point that I don't have enough box we underneath my bed with this. And uh, you know, I, I was, I was afraid to put it in the bank. Like wow. I'm, you, t- you want me to take it. So I went to the bank, I opened up the bank account, probably gave them about $15,000. They put it in the bank and I would come to the bank every week and deposit my, my, my show money. You know, you take some out, deposit my show money. And one time I went because when I wanted to buy my first car, I wanted to withdraw and they said my signature didn't match. So I'm like, wait a minute. My signature matches every week when I make a deposit, but it doesn't match when I make a withdrawal. And I got mad and asked to see the bank manager and pulled all. No, it was, it was, what was citizens? It was, it was, no, it was melon. Melon. Wow. I still got my red debit card when debit cards (laughs) first came out. But yeah, you know, you, you don't, I didn't think this was going to be real, you know, um, and we 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 got through the first album, and when we went in the studio to do "He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper," we actually did the DJ album because it was a double album. Mm-hmm. We did the DJ album first in Philly, and then we went to London to do "He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper." And while we were in London, we got a call from Barry at Jive saying Dana wants to sell the rights to Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince completely to Jive. Mm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, Because understand, any money that we would have gotten paid from Jive had, had to, to go to, go to Dana first. first. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Part. I mean, be, come on, dude. You, we were signed to Word Up. Word Up signed the Jive. Yeah. So they wouldn't, they you know, would never sign direct the job no. in that first joint. But it, why would he mess up a good you know, thing? Listen, I don't know. You know, people get in trouble. I'm cashing out, yeah. You know, he needed yeah. something. And, oh, you know, I mean, and, and was it was, listen, it was this weird balance because he wanted to, he wanted to sell it Monday. Then we get to call Tuesday. He said no. Then he went back Wednesday. Yeah, I want to sell it. And then he said no. And then it was kind of like we want X amount of dollars. And then he came back and he wants more. And, you know, it just kept fluctuating. And I remember the day that they called and said, the deal is done. You, you're assigned directly this to Jive. Yeah. So wow. we at least, you know, once again, we think, okay, we, this gives us the best shot. But that, that sparked the call to Mr. Magic to get the cassette of Live at Union Square and say, hey, let's put it on the album. Um, that, you know, that, that sparked... Parents just don't understand, and nightmare on my street. So, you yeah, know. you got to tell the tell story. the story hold, 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 real quick. The second album was always intended to be a double. No, okay. no, 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 no. We we the the whole idea was okay. Everybody likes Jeff as a DJ. Let's do a DJ album. So it would have been like a side for him and a side for you. No, yeah. it was really supposed to be just like a DJ okay. album. Gotcha. You know, these are beats and Jeff scratching gotcha. and all the rest of this, and it was just kind of like ah, I don't know if the world is ready for this, and we did it. And it just kind of sat there. So when we went to go into the studio to do the the Jeff and Will album, the idea came out. Why don't we mix all of this Both, up okay, and make it a you. double album? Oh, okay. And so all the all the the MC stuff y'all did in London, yep. at the at the Jive Studios yep. in London. So That's the album would have initially the album that is side three and side four, side four was the DJ album. And that was completed as is. Yeah, well, I mean, Will we was sort of on it. We did we did some extra stuff in London. Like we did 
Um, we did He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper in London. Like a lot of the, the DJ stuff of me cutting and Will rapping were just routines that we would do. So like rhythm parties. House party yeah. style. House party style. Yeah. 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 Like that, but that was all, you know, we would we'd be at the YMCA and throwing job <laughs> rhythm tracks and we'll just say, hey, Jeff, you know, what do you think about such and such? And you Which, would answer with rest. Is it too late? Is I, it too I, late? I got to say, that's one of the strangest songs like that I've, I've ever heard on the radio. <laughs> I, I grew up in Indiana and that song yeah. was always on the radio. What and song? I, and, yeah. yeah. What song? Rhythm Tracks House Party Style. Really? Yeah. They would just crazy. play it? They would play it on the radio. You know what? I, I got to admit that I was six seconds old. <laughs> I'm now realizing that oh yeah he's the DJ I'm the rapper is a MC side and a DJ yeah. side like even the sticker on the on the front of the album said it was comes with bonus DJ album or something like that yeah damn I or scratch yeah. record I think they called yeah. it yeah, yeah. Um, he was trying to work out the I'm 21 seconds you're, you're I'm 21 <laughs> seconds old like I, I'm just realizing that right now y'all had to live in London when y'all when you recorded no we it, okay. we did it in a month Oh, wow. oh shit! So was Battery Studios not fully developed in New York in the Jive Building yet? No, it was. So it was they on made the you way. all fly to London. In London, to, like so that's why did that's what we did. Did yep. Escape was done in London. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. Okay, so making the video, uh, obviously. Wait, time out. Nightmare, Nightmare on my, on my street. street. Yeah. Please tell the story of. Everything the, the, of the fat boys and <laughs> well, listen, we you know it was we did the record Nightmare on My Street. I used the piano line from Nightmare on My Street, and it's and it's the screech and all the rest of that. Um, and it came out, and the the you know, Parents of the Stand came out and just went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew we had nightmare. Like it was it was. You know, it was funny back then. Record companies would try to hold hold, sit, hold records back, yeah. but radio stations were playing Parents and Nightmare at the same time. So it was kind of like you already know what the second single is going to be. I'm just like, oh my god, as big as Parents is, Nightmare is going to trump this by a million. We shot the video, and um, and we went on tour. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize, like, we had a segment on tour that Charlie Mack would dress up with the sweater, and he had a Freddie mask and a Freddie glove, <laughs> and he would come on stage, and he would kill me, and the lights would go black and all. Like, we had a whole skit. <laughs> I didn't realize that New Line Cinema sent lawyers to follow us on the tour, oh, and they watched this. got everything. And then all of a sudden, we just got a lawsuit that was like, New Line Cinema is suing you guys for Nightmare. So our lawyer basically went to New Line Cinema because radio, unfortunately, New Line got the Fat Boys to do a nightmare record. Mm-hmm. And, and they had shit. to promote. Yeah. So now radio stations are doing the nightmare contest. Mm-hmm. Which record do you like the best? So we're blowing the Fat Boys out. Yeah. I don't even remember And they that. were getting mad. And, yeah. and it was almost kind of like... Oh, are you ready for that? We were trying to express to them that this is going to do nothing but help your movie. Yeah. And just out of principle, they were like... Nah, so they sued us. What they get? And uh, well, I mean, we gave them a bunch of money, and we had to agree to perform in two movies. What? Mm, yeah. Wait, that, and a nightmare. Listen, oh, so this is funny. We had to agree to perform in two movies, but it was up to us to accept or decline. So the first movie that they gave us the script for was House Party. 
Because if you think about House Party, it's, it's a DJ, DJ and a rapper. rapper. Yeah. So they made House Party around me and Will, and we were like, nah. That is weird. Because <laughs> they, they, they just can't admit they were wrong yeah. and just let the song let go. It, let it ride. Nah. Yeah. nah. Instead, no. like, oh, like, like listen, that's why, the wrong horse, that's why that like, whole thing of the, <laughs> of the video <laughs> disappearing. Yeah. Like, I had a copy. Did Will you leak that copy. video? No, I didn't. You know it's back on YouTube, no, I right? Oh, I, I listen, I, it, it's the whole video's up now. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I, you have to have done a lot with New Line since anyway, like. No, we did. Did you ever do the two? No. Uh, listen, like what I told was the you, second it, movie? it was, uh, I, I, I don't even remember Class what the act? second movie was. <laughs> and we just, we were just like, no. Will has never done a New Line movie? No. No. This, understand, this was before, like, we didn't look at it like they're offering us a movie role. This right. was kind of like. like step and fetch Yeah, this shit. is kind of yeah. like, yeah, no, you know, why. this is payment. Payment back, so we were just oh, like it would have been for free. No, no, they probably would have paid. I'm, I'm very sure they would have paid. Wait a minute, but House Party was an yeah. acclaimed, yeah. But uh, okay, script. you're talking about House Party as now. we know it now. Somebody Not- giving you that script in 1987, 1988, you might not have thought that. You know, this is back when we don't know what to do with rap. So yeah, yeah. we don't even know if we want it on television. So let alone you're going to try to put it in a movie. We're kind of like, listen, I mean, yeah, we're not we make, trying we, to. We're making rapping out Rapping, I'm about to say. Yeah. <laughs> rapping. I'm like, this is Mario like. Yeah, Mario Van. Yeah, Van. Yeah, about to say Beach <laughs> Street. Or... Just one second. Now, Beach Street was 80s. <laughs> this is what they chose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard this song maybe once in my life. Sound like Michael Jackson, right? Three <laughs> <Dana! Woo! laughs> Yes. You know my game. Or Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm being slap bass, man. Yeah, that just yeah. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. New line, y'all fucked up. And then who came, Houdini came with the next one for the next movie? What? Wait, anyway, I gotta swing it. What? That was. And then I... the video was like taking place outside the the the, the Nightmare on Elm Street house or something. Yeah. How do you, how do you <laughs> I know missed this? that because I, I was that whole because thing. I was on BET every day after school. Boss Bill knowledge every day after school. You serious? Wow. Yeah. It's called Anyway I Gotta Swing It. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Man, like the, like the knife. Is it? <laughs> that's, about, that's a Nightmare on Elm Street song. Welcome back, Steve. Man, how did for the like the samples? Because it wasn't until I got Ooh. older. Well, Damn. a lot of the um, the, I was saying uh, the samples that y'all was using, like yeah. I mean, like Westchester Lady, like shit, like that. Like yeah. how <laughs> you were the first to I'm, use jazz samples. Yeah, pretty much. I'm a I'm a, I became a crate digger because of a touch of jazz. Mm-hmm. Like I I need to know what that Harlem River Drive sound, sample mm-hmm. was and and all that shit. Like yeah. those were the first records I bought. Were the records that you used on Touch of Jazz? That was, Is it? Was there a reason that you didn't go to? Everyone's using James. Yeah. Well, everyone, yeah, using the uh, Ultimate Beats and Breaks. You could have easily went there and just made a, a mix of that, but instead using records that weren't on Ultimate Beats and Breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you got to think this. This what you also got to think about what what volume of Ultimate Beats and Breaks was Dance to Drums beat three. Yes, three. So I had three volumes to choose from. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this was so early. There were only three volumes out. 
like it was nineteen twenty five. Yeah, like it okay. was. We didn't have this plethora of sampling information <laughs> that we had then. This Who was all my, didn't exist. my brother. You know, my oh, brother wow. and the record. You know, like I I I grew up with Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, Mahavishnu Orchestra, you know, Stanley Clark, George Duke. Then my dad was Wes Montgomery, Jimmy Smith, all of us. I'm the sponge. So all I decided to do was kind of like, yo, let me go and grab some of the records that he would play. You know, I I, I know those albums front to back, not just for the samples. It was just kind of like, you know, shit, at 10 years old, I can't listen to Houdini. So I, you know, right. I I I wasn't the Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. I was the Chick Corea in Return of Forever. Wow! At ten? Wow! Yeah. Listen, I got to give my brother credit. Like he, my brother came in and he showed me how to take the record out the jacket, put the record on a turntable. Don't put your fingerprints on it. And he was like, "Listen, don't get beat up." I can if he was like, "You can use my stereo when I'm at work." My brother worked all day. So I was 10 years old and I would put a cassette in and I would make tapes, Wow! you know, and, you know, like I said, I'm making Chick Corea tapes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> explain, explain how, um, you've told me this story like years ago mm-hmm. and I was just like, what the fuck? Explain how you were up for a Grammy and yet y'all are broke. How does that happen? I mean, I think everybody in the room know how that happens. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was... Um, and this uh, is, it, is this the year you guys boycotted the Grammys? No, 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 no. No, this was this was another year. This was after that. Okay. So the, uh, the year y'all boycotted was 80... 88 was the boycott. 88 boycott. On the rooftop. Okay. Yeah. And that um, was for... Y'all, y'all were nominated for He's the DJ, I'm the yeah, Rapper, right? Y'all yeah. got nominated that year. Yeah. Okay. They, they didn't want to televise it. Right. You know, they were kind of like, nah, we think we should give another category to Garth Brooks. And we was <laughs> like, yo, he got nine. Like, you can give hip-hop one, especially yeah. if hip-hop is easily the one, two, or three top-selling genre of music. Like, you you know, you got nine country and western categories. Like, yeah. you, you know, but this was at a time that they were very much, you know, you almost felt like you were on this scale of is hip hop gonna be here or is it not? Like, and there were powers to be that kept saying it's not, it's not, and we would get mad every time somebody said that because, you know, this is this is your dream. Like somebody's, you know, basically trying to squish your dream. Yeah. So you know, we felt like we needed to take that stance, you know, for for the for them to kind of understand. But, you know, you you. You have this vision of grandeur, you know, I'm signed to this label and this is how it's going to be and you're going to make this money and and you're going to do this and, you know, and we sold a bunch of records and, you know, we... Because we, the second album went, well, uh, he's DJ, that was platinum. double, right? Triple. Triple, okay. Triple, gotcha. um, and, and, and you made money, but you're never paying attention. Like, the, the one thing that I realized, especially back then... If, you know, you're 22 years old and you put out a record and a record sells and somebody gives you a $200,000 check, I don't know a person alive that checked it to see if it was supposed to be two hundred or it was, it was supposed, supposed to be, to be 900 Right, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't check it. And, I, 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 you know, looking back in hindsight, they knew that. You know, they knew that. Just like record companies knew that, you know, listen... 
you're never going to take this to an entertainment lawyer for him to read your contract. You're going to take it to your cousin, who's the plumber, because he's the most business savvy person in, in your, your family. family. Yeah, you know, because if if I'm trying to get a record deal, nine times out of ten, I need money, and you think I'm going to take money and give it to a lawyer? Like, no, <laughs> I'm going to keep every dime I have to be on the safe side. But they know that, so it was the same thing that. You know, you get to the point that, you know, you 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 learn these terminologies like cross collateralization. You know that you're just kind of like, you you don't pay me my money before you have to give me the budget for the next album, and you say that the budget for the next album came from the money you're supposed to pay me, and I'm kind of like that shit makes no sense. Like it was gangster, <laughs> it it was gangster, but it was just kind of like you you're paying me with my own but money. I'm home, yeah. You know, like, and and you you know back then you couldn't really fight it. You know, you would you would say something, and then then you're deemed a troublemaker. Yeah. You know, if if you're asking questions that somebody don't really want you to ask. So y'all, so this was for the third album for the the end in this corner. The the uh, well, no, like all of this stuff started to happen. You know, it started on the first album, and it really came. You know, it really came on. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper, mm-hmm. and 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 then the third album. Man, how how different was the post Yo TV rap effect of your life once uh, the second album comes out and blows up? Because you're saying that okay, the the second album went triple platinum, but mm-hmm. that was very unusual Completely. for 1988. Completely. That was unheard of. Well, you know what? Back then, it, it, you know, hip-hop was solely urban. Mm-hmm. It was solely urban. Like, most black music that would come out, the whole idea is you have the black stations that are playing it, and then if it catches on, they would say that it's going pop. And that just meant it went over to the 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 white station, or, you know, and that's when the record... So. What I knew is everybody's idea is we, you know, you you know you got something when it goes pop. Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble was a black record. Yeah. Parents Just Don't Understand came out as a black record yeah, and turned over. into a pop record. And that's when the whole Jeff and Willa from the suburbs and all the rest of this is happening, which confused the daylights out of me because I'm kind of like, to me, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble and Parents Just Don't Understand are the same record. Mm-hmm. This is different subject matter. How did you keep the secret sauce sample of that song so man how did you keep it secret i don't i don't know is it still secret sauce never mind listen man okay listen i would not be sitting here if did you deal with it no okay never mind no uh I mean, listen, I don't... But the song is so ubiquitous. Like, how do they not... I don't know. Wow. I have no idea. Man. I have no idea. And I don't believe that... I don't don't believe that the powers to be didn't hear it. I think it was kind of like, hey, man, that shit is cool. And just left it alone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
right. What was the time difference been between parents just don't understand and then? Because I felt like the TV show came in my wait. We're getting there. Hang on. I was just we're skipping. I didn't want to know. I just wanted to know. That's what I just wanted to know. Two years between. Okay, thanks, Bill. And yeah, I bought in in this corner album and like it just what was going on, y'all? Court. I was eleven. Well, listen. Wait. Time out. Hold on. Wait. You about to slander in this corner? I was about to say. I was not. I was not in this corner. We about to fight. Yeah, because I love that. What What was y'all jails on that album? Everything, yeah. I mean, really? yeah. Then, then she, she bit, bit me. me was my Yo. shit word. Yeah, was genius. Like, I thought that we're was number the, one. It was got funny. to use the bathroom. Got you. <laughs> I was drafted. <laughs> yeah, I was drafted. No, dog. Girlie had a mustache. It you was got it, donut. I mean, come on, bro. I did. I was. I, I was. I don't know. I was mm. all that glitter. I can. I, yeah, I could dig it. it. I could dig it. I know. Listen, but let's you know what's busy, funny. Baby. Um, I feel as though that's my favorite record of yours. Yeah, really? It's no, not mine. Wow! I had a conversation with somebody, um, and they were asking me about all of the albums. And what I told them is, every last one of our albums signifies a time period for me. Uh-oh. So you know, you got you 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 know, uh, uh, girls ain't nothing but trouble is is new. You don't know. You know, I always tell everybody, you have your whole life to make your first album. You only have from the time from your first album to your second album to make your second album. Um, and but, you know, we we did Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble for the most part in my mom's basement. We did um, He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper in London. So both of those records were done in solitude. So I came up with the idea of I want to do the third album at Compass Point in the Bahamas. Oh wow! Okay, so we went to the Bahamas because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. J- Why Compass Point? Uh, well, first of all, it was fly because it was in the Bahamas. <laughs> but I was no, really, you know, my theory about being comfortable. Listen, and important. I, I was really trying to keep the 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 cycle going of solitude because we were so big when we went into the studio to do that album that we needed to go somewhere off the mat. What the problem is. We were big and had a lot of money. <laughs> and let's talk about the fact that the Bahamas held all of our equipment and customs for about 10 days. Ooh, wow. And we're so down there on the beach with a casino. Oh, so it was, you know, we had a house on a beach and we were flying people down and, you know, and it just, we, we were not in the right headspace. Like, I can, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I can listen to that album and I understand everything that you're saying because we were in, you know, like it was, we, we, you know, Will would write for 20 minutes and be like, yo, I'm not feeling, I'm about to go to the casino. Wow. You know, and we, we left after a month with about two and a half records done. So, of course, it was kind of like, oh, we're in trouble. So we ended up in K-Jam in Philly and we finished it. Um, but when you think about it, girl, you know, girls ain't nothing but trouble is kind of relatable. Yeah. Parents just don't understand is relatable. I think I could beat Mike Tyson. Only a motherfucker that know Mike Tyson who's making some money would say that. We didn't even pay attention Yo, to that. But I have but, a story about that song, but go ahead. But the thing is, is that it's kind of shit talking, which is relatable. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone says, "Yeah, but I can fuck that motherfucker up." And then yeah, we get but you know there. what? The Having was, Mike Tyson in the video and all the rest of that. Now nah, we was on because some the shit. thing was, yeah. Because for me, I guess like because I was a big Tyson fan, and, and nobody thought that. Like nobody really thought they could beat Mike. Like you <laughs> yeah. see that's this why, nigga fight, but like you watched the video, and I don't think y'all believed it either. 
No, we didn't. So I mean, I don't know we'll what we ass believe ass. back then. I think that was why the song. I think that's why. I, I think the rollout, the rollout of that song, kind of derailed and in this corner, which I still mm-hmm. feel is a solid record. Yeah, I think it's a solid. Wow, record. and I have okay. a story about the song. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. I believe it's fifth grade music class. Right. Yep. Fifth grade music class. Um, the assignment is everybody has to lip sync a song for the class. <laughs> so, so I choose me and my friends. We chose. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. And the teachers, you know, he films everybody's lip sync routines, and we're watching him while we're doing ours. And he's got this angry look on his face. And at the end of the performance, we're like, "Why? Why are you so angry?" He's like, "Oh, I turned the camera off." We're like, "Why? You can't bring music with cussing in here." Apparently, he didn't like when Will says, "I'm getting the hell out here." And at the end, when he's like, "God damn." Uh, so we got we got in trouble for that. Oh, thank wow. y'all, thank hell y'all, thank y'all so much for hell and for, 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 for PG cussing. Yes, yeah, I think I, yeah I have yeah my I think one of my um in so this was third grade for me we had to or fourth grade we had to recite like a poem or something or some shit and I think I rapped Will's verse from time to chill <laughs> that, like that was, that was my recital I, I got an A on the on the assignment so <laughs> but I gotta tell it. you. I normally frown at any use of the jam as a break. Really? Oh, yeah. No more Uno was the shit. That was the shit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why, why do you have something against the jam at the break? Is it, is it I mean, because then it's like it's like the Enya thing. Like anytime I heard it, I just think of VH1. So then you don't like Ashley's Roach clip either, do you? I really don't like Ashley's, Man, Ashley's Roach clip. I respect it, but I never liked it. And never liked it. Mm. Really? Oh, man, I shit. never heard voice bill. <laughs> I, 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 I never liked Ashley's Rose Clip. Wow. Like it, it just reminds me of like Millie Vanilli. The soul of the H1. And even with Ooh, Millie Vanilli, if we really gonna talk about it, that Millie Vanilli album was slapping. Thank you. It was. No, I listened yeah. to that shit. <laughs> While we're on this subject for a second, I listened to that Millie Vanilli album a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And people were only pissed off because the dudes on the cover didn't sing the record, weren't the ones that were singing the record. It records. was a good record. It and was I a good record. Too, so the, the, the quality of the songs didn't matter to nobody. No. And I think too with Millie Vanilli, the, the tragedy with them was that they were too ahead of their time. If Millie Vanilli was like now, now oh, nobody, yeah. nobody would, would care. No one nobody would care. It yeah. wouldn't. It wouldn't matter at all. That's yeah. that's going back to why everybody was pissed off about the Run DMC cover. Hmm. It wasn't authentic. You, Listen, put the Run DMC cover off. out now, and we be good. <laughs> Y'all were pissed off. Okay, Matt, I, I'm okay. sorry. I get it. I get Matt, it. Settle, please settle a, a, a long, you know, debate. Whatever. Who wrote Summertime? Well, <laughs> Will wrote Summertime. Yeah, it Thank was you. not Rakim. It was not no. Rakim did not well, write Who was summertime. it made for? No. It Will. Listen, let me tell you what's funny. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me tell you what's funny. For me to be there and to hear all of the rumors. Like, understand, the, the, the first time that I had experienced this was w- when we were on Fresh Prince and I started getting the Will stop the show so he can go car shopping and i remember coming in mad like yo that shit never happened how did it just go sit and will just started laughing it's like yo that's what they do like they just blatantly lie and i was you know i'm kind of like you can't blatantly lie but oh you can so understand <laughs> will wrote summertime summertime was made for will you know what it wasn't any who other- told us that the music was made for rock him 
I've heard it. I've heard that so many it's times. I can't some, remember. It probably came from somebody that didn't want to admit they like Will. Pulling fingers. Someone on did the, the track. Someone came on our show and was it Search? Oh, maybe it was who Search. did say that? All I'm saying I is, feel like I, I'm gonna take your. I'm I taking was your there. Word. Yeah. yeah, you know <laughs> right. what I mean. I'm, I'm like, so but wait I'm, a minute, Jeff. Uh-huh. Shark said <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't for Rakim. It wasn't written for Rakim. That song was birthed from Will being in in L.A. for the first year of the Fresh Prince, and of course the seasons changed, and it's not the same out there as it is in Philly. In Philly. First day, today, outside, everybody's outside. Cars blasting, cars clean, they're driving down the street. South Street is popping right now. Yeah, Fairmont Park. That's too. that's what we all had. Anybody who has a, a, a four-season climate know when spring comes, everybody comes out. The girl gained a couple pounds, and she looks great. Mm-hmm. She was skinny last year. Mm-hmm. And Will <laughs> called and was just like, yo, what's up? I was like, yo, 75 degrees out. Just got my car clean, went to the plat. So we just having just Philly dialogue. And that was reminiscent to that, you know, that was something to him that that's what he wrote about. Like the, the whole verse of Summertime is basically talking about the season changing from winter to to to. You know, wait, we're forgetting something. We're forgetting a, a very important fact. Okay. If it were not for I think I could beat Mike Tyson, okay. Will and Jeff wouldn't have performed that on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, yeah. And then and Quincy would Jones would have yeah. never seen that performance. So technically. So that formed the show. Yeah. That song yeah. saved. <laughs> the fresh. Changed. It was the, it was the paradigm the, shift. It, it, it wasn't totally that. They paid attention to parents. That's what I thought. Yeah, because if you... Like so they've they, been watching since... Oh, parents. yeah. They paid yeah. attention to parents. Like, from from parents on down, exactly. they were like, he can he the, can act. Yeah, they kept he the set act. for the opening credits. Yeah. yeah. You so. know, so, you know, Quincy was just kind of like, I got something for you. <laughs> yeah. I remember my mom being upset that they didn't use the mom from the video. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Who was it was that a different lady? mom? Yeah. yeah. Who was that Who lady? was that mom? On what? The 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 pendo mom. The mom. Listen, man, they, they, these was extras. I don't know. <laughs> you know, she's Only somewhere one I on this was, earth. Yeah, Vanessa like, Williams. <laughs> Vanessa Williams. <laughs> Vanessa Williams was the girl in the car with Will. That's right. Yeah. Vanessa 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 Williams. Yeah. Vanessa That's her. Yeah. Were you and you know that's Nola Darling in the Tone Log video, right? Yes, yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> Were you always a part of that equation, Jeff? When, the, the frog, when uh, they figured is... out the show stuff, I, just act no. like he not. Okay, no. When did they, re- they when did they realize they was like uh, this motherfucker right here? We missing out. No, nah, listen, they Will did the pilot. Um, and then when they first started doing the episodes, they were just like, you know, because you and him had chemistry in the video, you should come and do the show. And I was like, nah. What? Wait, what? Uh, I mean, listen. First of all, I didn't. That wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, It was also weird because when 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 Will went out and did the audition and came back and he was like, "Yo, I got a TV show." Understand? I'm thinking this is a dude holding a camcorder. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was a TV show until he showed the pilot, and then it was people that you've seen on television in the pilot. But then you realize that this is professionally done. I'm like, oh shit, this is like this shit look like the Cosby show. 
Um, so when they were like, hey, you, you know, you you, you want to do it? I was kind of like, no. And they were like, listen, we we want to put you in three episodes. And, and if you like it, you got two more to look forward to. If you don't like it, you got only two more to do. I, remember I, I hate to tell episode. you this now. <laughs> my favorite cutting and scratching of yours. Oh my god! Is from the pilot when you're cutting up the uh, <laughs> the classical music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I could tell, I could tell you authentically cutting it. Yeah. But it's just the fact that you're doing setup cup. For a stab that don't yeah, I exist, was. I was. You're like, I was. you saw that. You saw that. I was. I had to be true. Nothing. Nothing. And it was the. I love like I watched that so many times, man. Man, you talked before me. You've had conversation. You were talking about how the difference between music money and TV money, and how TV takes so much better care of you. Like, talk talk about that, please. Listen, we. You know, it was funny because you know. Back in the day, you had a Nike Connect, right. and then Nike would send Nike would send you some sneakers. They send you, you know, some Air Max or something. Um, and then we get it on TV, and they are bringing boxes and boxes of stuff in. Mm-hmm. You know, so we was getting music stuff and TV stuff. The the TV stuff was just ridiculous. They would have you go to the warehouse. And you would just bring it. They would just, you, you know, your, your car was full of stuff, um, you know. And they 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 just took care of you. And what I didn't realize was uh, there was an episode that we did of Arsenio Hall, and they would always black out the Nike swoosh. They would put an X over it. They would always because you know you couldn't sell it. And Arsenio asked me something about me still living at my mom's house. Okay. And I was like, listen, man, I love my mom. I'm comfortable here. And when he said it, I took my feet and I put it on the couch and I crossed my feet and that Air Jordan logo was there. <laughs> Yo, I never got laced with that much stuff in my wow. life. Ever. <laughs> Just from crossing my feet and that logo up there. Because it was kind of like they, they couldn't blur it out. Yeah, they could, yeah it was it lied, So, man, yeah. listen, the boxes just kept coming. So outside of the money, though, Jeff, when was the moment that you knew I kind of like this shit? The TV, you mean? Yeah, the, yeah. the show. They were the TV show because you I didn't, didn't. want to do it at first. No, at first, at some point nah, you liked it. Nah, no, it, no, I didn't. You know what was cool? <laughs> well, well, first of all, you're doing a TV show, and and you're used to being on stage with twenty five thousand people. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred people there, so it was no. There was not an ounce of nerves at all because okay. it's a hundred people. You know, and you don't, but because your brain is not thinking of how many people are actually going to see that. And it was really different because it really changed the, the your going out process. It wasn't, you know, I could go to, you know, I could go to Springfield Mall and and, and kind of get away with it. Yeah. You know, you do the TV show and you're going to Springfield Mall and it's. 60-year-old white women calling you jazz. Are they trying to throw, pick you Listen, up and throw I, you out? Ah! I always thought somebody would try to run up on your ch- ass. Yeah, no, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Y'all, that shit is all TV. Y'all, y'all realize that <laughs> secretly the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is responsible for Friends, right? How so? Really? All right, so you know the... You've seen the Jay-Z video for 
Oh, that's right. Y'all the, the black joint? No, no, no which one? For, with uh, the black which one? Shit. All right, so basically. I'm not boycotting shit. You got the one. That's the video that for. For, right. uh, for. So basically. I heard about it. All right, so. I think I saw it. The one that he did for. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So basically. I don't was Brandon Tartikoff still president of NBC at the time when you guys were doing Fresh Prince? Yep. Okay. So uh he had a chance to also get living single. And he he said one of his regrets was letting his his staff or his uh yeah, his staff or his uh uh coworkers talk him out of getting living single. He okay. said, I always love that show. And their thing was like, well, we already got a, a Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, we don't need to. It's oh, basically the same show. They made for it. Yeah. And so it went to Fox. And and his regret, he was like, yo, I always wanted a show like Living Single. So then he told Marta Kaufman and them to make me a white Living Single and thus <laughs> made friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. But based on the fact that they already had the black sh- the black comedy show on NBC, so we don't need a second one. Mm. So that's crazy. We had to wait ten years for a black person on there. Shout out to Gabrielle Union and Aisha. Oh yeah, Tyler. she was on. Yeah, Gabby right. and Aisha Tyler. That that's was only about if it. You watched Friends. <laughs> oh, I might have watched. I didn't watch. I didn't watch it. I didn't have to wait. But y'all watched Sex in the City though. I didn't watch Sex in the City. I watched Sex in the City. I watched, I watched Sex in the City. Sex in the City was. I just know that Jesus knew. I was. Because at least Sex in the City had fucking in it, so it was like. It was informative. Yeah, you know. Damn, want no black people on there. Neither. Blair Underwood. It was one episode. Blair, Blair Underwood. Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> he showed yeah, up. Yeah, he did. He did. So. Yeah. With the with the meteoric rise of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, and instead of this being a side gig to Jazzy Jeff of the Fresh Prince, how how are you now figuring out what your life is about to be as far as? Oh, I was terrified. Really? Well, I mean, so because... did that David Spade joke upset you? What David Spade joke? Never mind. <laughs> I, I want to know. <laughs> You don't remember the the Hollywood minute where on Saturday Night Live like they they let him watch SNL. They let him just go wrote like Eddie Murphy uh actually uh, Eddie, Eddie Charles, Murphy, Eddie Charles Murphy wouldn't Murphy. go back on Saturday Night Live because of something that But Charles Murphy David came Bates? to Thirty Charlie Rock Murphy. to oh, whip wow. David Spade's ass and <laughs> David like hid like actually stayed oh, away fine. from like, SNL. Like that's why he won't come back to any of the reunion specials too, right? No. Right. Well, he he came back finally for the 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 40th celebration yeah but oh, he okay. wouldn't do bill cosby jokes okay but he came back at least but you know it's like spade just going rogue for three minutes and i guess the punchline was uh and jazzy jeff wants to know are you going to eat that oh wow okay you got that joke instantly <laughs> like, why would you get that joke i think david spade's funny so okay at that time you didn't i mean did you think that this is the end of the career and that we're just well i mean you know what we um you know you got to understand that well when you think about it the fresh prince came out when we had summertime out, so we were actually yeah. on the biggest high we've ever been on. You guys right. premiered, the, premiered the video. Yeah, we premiered the video on the show. On the show. Yeah. Um, the same album as Ring My Bell? Yeah. Nah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was. That was yeah. home base. Yeah. Home base. But, it's, but you got to understand that it was, it, you're also, you know, paying a, a, attention to 
the trajectory of other rap people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, we had not gotten to the point that we had any legacy artists. So it was kind of like, okay, I don't know if this shit is like three albums, four albums, when and then we're going to go to something yeah. else. You know, um, understand it was a huge accomplishment to have, you know, go from three million records to a million records on and in this corner was deemed a failure, a failure and come right. back with summertime. Mm-hmm. There's there had never been a rap comeback. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, to kind of get to the point, because like this, what you have to keep in mind, we want a we want a Grammy in 1989 89 or 88. 89. It would have been 88. 89. And we won one in 93. Like who else won a Grammy in that time span? Yeah, that that was hip hop. So we were supposed to be old and 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 done. So summertime, you're looking at it like, okay, we're back. But the the thing that scared me is this is uncharted territory. I can't yeah. call it. You don't know. What's yeah, I don't know if y'all it's, were like beta testers. Listen, and that <laughs> was that was that was scary because, you know, you like to to be around with. Girls ain't number trouble. Parents just don't understand. And then Young MC came out with Bust the Move was a completely left field. Uh, now we got tempo. Hammer, now yeah. you dancing, and ain't nobody was dancing to dirt. Girls ain't number trouble. <laughs> so it, you, so you started seeing all these shifts, and now you're trying to pay attention to what the shift is. So you know we got, and then the, the TV show came, and I'm like, okay, I'm a reoccurring character. The money is great, but this isn't what I'm trying to do. So, but they giving you more storylines now. You getting married listen, to Charmaine? It's I'm, like, man, oh, it's yo, like, I I, take yo, it. yeah, <laughs> we all walk down that aisle. Yeah, that, that shit kills me every time. Yes. Every time. <laughs> Who on a first Karen White, Karen Melina White, Karen yeah, White, Charmaine yeah. to float yeah. on of oh, Charmaine from the Cosby Show. Yeah. Yo. Oh yes. Yeah. Yo. Or from the Please. from Lean on Me. Yeah. 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 She don't take care of your responsibilities. Oh. Lived with Malcolm Jamal Warner for over a decade. Really? Probably, yes. I like her. Yeah. Wait, like really? Her. Yeah. That was his, that was Wait, his lady. She, he was engaged to, um, to, uh, to what's her name? Gina. He died. Um, uh, yeah. That was Dennis, a, Michelle after Williams. that. No, Michelle, no, 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 no. Uh, What was her Justine, name? Justine. Justine, yeah. yeah but well, that was way after. They, yeah. She, yeah. Michelle Thomas. That's yeah. Michelle Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. Williams. Oops. Man. Sorry. So, like, how when y'all got to the, to the last album on Jive, the Cold Red album, <laughs> how did that... I mean, because you would think that, okay, we on the TV show, the show's still popping, like... Man, listen, so we got to, when we when when we did the promo tour mm-hmm. for the um, the album after Home... Matter of fact, when we did the promo tour for Home Base, um, you know we you, you know how you go into different regions, you know the promotion guy there, and we, we, we got cool with a couple of them. And it was wild, because I remember him saying to Will and I, he said, ever since and in this corner, Jive has been betting against you guys. Whoa. He's like, they don't they don't believe in you. He was like, You did you have the biggest record of your career and they think it's a fluke. Wow. So they're they're really not, you know, be, be, believing in you, you know. And so you started to kind of feel that, that it's kind of like that energy. Yeah, it was just, you know, cause cause, you know, around that time was when they start messing with new kids on the block. Yeah. You know, now now understand they got straight dedicated pop acts. Backstreet Boys. That yeah, Backstreet Boys. And NSYNC. And, yeah. and then yeah. you know, and then you know, so Great they're making money over hand over fist. 
you know, and you almost start to become this afterthought. The 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 only thing is we had the popularity vote because of the television show. Gotcha. But they, you know, they were kind of like, nah. So when we, you know, we got to the last album, in my brain, I was kind of like, okay, what other hip hop act do you know that has reached the last album? <laughs> right. So I'm, I, you know, so now, I, now my business brain is going in. It's like, okay, you done cross collateralized every album that we had. When you get to the point that you have nothing to cross it to, you got to pay me all that back money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my god, like, you know, let's just keep up, you know, so that we don't have a complete failure, but we're going to end up getting some money. So we. The funny thing, in our deal, they had an option for greatest hits. Ah, oh, wow. So okay. first of all, a greatest hits in hip hop yeah. deems your career yeah, is over. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> so when we got to the last album, they were like, listen, you know, we want you guys to do the greatest hits. And we were like, well, we really don't want to do greatest hits because we're not done. And we, we think this signifies the end. And they were like, well, we really want you to do the greatest hits. Um, and it was wild because in the mail a $400,000 check came <laughs> and it was, it was for the album. And I was just like, yo, for the greatest hits album. Oh yeah. Like okay. uh, as soon as we cashed it, then we're, we're liable. Right. And what they didn't expect is we sent it back. <laughs> Cause it was, we, we knew like, nah, nah, you know, we got TV show and all the rest of this. Yeah, we don't need you. So we, we basically sat down, Keep your little funk ass you know, <laughs> we sat down <laughs> and basically said, listen, you know what? We we've been on job for ten years. You 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 can't really say that for a bunch. We 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 had a lot of success, but Will wants to go and really get deep into his movies. Jeff really wants to go and get deep in his production. Quietly, Will and I were looking to sign a really really big record deal with somebody else. And you know they were like, "Hey, no one has ever come to us and said this. You know, we're going to sit down and we're going to think about it." And we were like, okay. And two weeks later, we got hit with a lawsuit. What? A lawsuit from? Oh, yeah. Oh, from Jive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For leaving? Oh, listen. Jive sued us because they said our extracurricular activities were oh, interfering wow. with us making music. But they and I'm like, wait a minute. Did Barry really didn't, care? Didn't Did understand. Y'all? I don't think it was Barry. Like, this, this goes beyond the president and the vice president and... You know, but it's, you know, it just, it really got to a point that I was kind of like, that was the, wow. So this is my, this is my retirement party Mm -hmm. and I don't get a gold watch. I don't get a party. I don't get a cake. I I get get a a lawsuit. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? 10 years, you know, me and Will probably collectively with albums and singles sold 10 million records for Jive and we got a lawsuit. Like that's that's how we went out. Like, and I and I said this. People don't understand. Will and I have zero ownership of any of the records we did. None. So everybody, oh my God, you know, you guys. Summertime's is the anthem. Every time they play that shit, we get zero because we had to do that in the settlement with Jav. Now, what I will say, my redemption was that gave me my freedom. Everybody kind of looks at it like, you know, you and Will kind of split up. I could have I could have went with Will at to Sony. I could, I couldn't go back into that. I just I was I was just broke. It made so much sense for Will because Will had a movie deal at Sony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the so movies they gonna and television. Make sure, yeah, yeah. Make sure but what I loved 
was the first record that Will did. Like every record that Will has done, I had some level of involvement in. First record Will did was the Wild Wild West soundtrack. And that sold five million copies. The next record that Will did was Big Willie's Out, mm-hmm. 26 million copies. Whoa. We did the American Music Award, and we got in the elevator <laughs> with <laughs> Barry. It was, ba- <laughs> oh man, it was Barry, the owner, Clive. It was a couple other people. Old job people. And we got, we got in the elevator, and the elevator door closed. And Barry was like, hey, man, you know, congratulations, mm-hmm. you know, to you guys, you know, winning. And, you know, like, oh, thank you. And it got quiet. And I looked over at Will. And it's kind of, listen, I'm pretty sure you know Reek. You know when Reek is going to say or do something. We got to look. We have a <laughs> <whole> conversation. <laughs> and I looked. And I, when I looked and I saw Will's jawline bulging, I was like, oh. And come. Will turned around and he said, yeah. This is really good for someone that you threw in the trash. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and listen, it was Ooh, no. That's that we moment didn't we do all that. dream of. We didn't do it. No, it wasn't like that. And such and such. Yeah, you know, and like everybody that. calmed down. The elevator doors opened. And listen, I jumped on Will's back. Because that, <laughs> if, if there was ever a redemption to think yeah. that you did, you know, you, you thought like, okay, it's over. Yeah. It's over and done with. Nope. You know, and it was kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So, hey, we got a little song in a movie called Men in Black. <laughs> okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh. You got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm. How's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You took residency up at Studio 4. You, yeah. you always had residency there, because when I was interning at Rough House Records, you mm-hmm. always had your studio there. Yeah. So talk about developing the second phase of the sound of Philadelphia uh, with Dre and Vidal and with Carvin and Ivan and a touch of jazz. What's- I mean, it's you know, it, it was always my passion for production, um, and I I basically took all of my money and bought equipment, you know. So I I always had a room, you know. I always had a studio, um, and it and it was just really the desire to. to have or find like-minded people that wanted to make records understand. Um, I, I remember when, when I, when I got to studio four and, and I put the studio in, um, I almost had a meeting with all of the studio owners in Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, because they didn't, they thought that I was trying to open up a commercial facility and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm opening up a production studio, which I knew they all thought I was crazy. And I was like, no, I'm o- I'm opening up a studio that's just going to be for music production that we do. Because I know if I don't have this, I'm going to rent one of your well, guys. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, we're already on equipment, so let's do it. And it was just literally, you know, you start finding guys. Yeah, I would, I would go to music stores, you know, and you would see somebody in the music store playing keys and, hey, what's up, man? You know, you want to try to do such and such and... Um, and it just started like we had no idea what we were doing, you know, and you just l- learn by experience. You learn, you know, by cutting stuff that wasn't good, doing stuff unorthodox. You know, it was it was a lot of the records that I made. I did stuff that you weren't supposed to do. <laughs> but that's how you learned with, to do what, you know, with Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So it was the same thing the entire time. We had a touch of jazz. No one ever knew. We never had an engineer. There oh, was wow. never an engineer. So who would engineer the session? Oh, we did. Just like y'all Vidal, Keith, you know, myself. We never had an engineer. And, and, and hear me. When I say we never had an engineer, Jill, Floetry, uh-uh. music. Oh, no. <laughs> we did all what? of that. Listen, if you look at the back of Jill's album, you know who mixed Jill's album? Who? George Glass. You know who George Glass is? You, me. Marsha <laughs> Brady's imaginary yeah. friend what? on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did wonder about that. I just figured there was, you know, George Listen, Glass. They would not name. have accepted that I that mixed that album. Yeah. We weren't there yet. We weren't there yet. First of all, you got a hip hop guy that is responsible wow. for this kind of music. Like, I was smart enough to know don't put your name on. Like, like, I know people who. And this is this is sidetrack. I know DJs that have mixers out, that their name is on the mixer. And I'm like this. 
you know how hip hop is. Right. I'm sorry. It could be the greatest mixer in the world. I can't fucking use it if your name is on it. Like, I think it's the genius thing that we have people that run major music festivals behind the scenes that people don't know because they know this can't be the such and such festival or the such and such. Like, hip hop yeah. hop isn't based like that. So it was the same thing. Like, I'm not going to fucking listen to anybody singing that Jazzy Jeff got something to do with it. Yeah, it's like so you wearing just, Puff Daddy jeans yeah. instead yeah. of Sean John. You, you just know. don't. You just don't say anything. But still, wow. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so all that, so all that shit, so all those guys. Because I mean, at the time when we first, when I first really met you was mm-hmm. around that time. It was like oh two or three when the listening had kind of just yep. came out, and um, everybody was telling us like, "Yo, man, Jazzy Jeff, I got a copy of your album from Jeff," and I was like. He knows who we are. Like I didn't think you had no clue who the fuck we Listen, were. Listen, I'm I I never stopped scouring for music, and I know never stopped now. listening for people. You know that was the whole thing. Like it, it's, it was a love before it was a job. Jeff's so, up on everything, so you just you know it's kind of like, <laughs> you know you you it's when you hear something and it resonates, you want to pass it on. And that was that was another thing. Like with 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 Jill. When we did, um, we I, I met Jill twice. Okay. Um, my son's mom introduced me to Jill. Okay. And we saw each other and, and we talked and it was almost kind of like this ain't the right time. And I remember riding up the street and I rode past Footworks when, when Bobito and Rich had it. Mm-hmm. And Jill was standing outside and she said, hey, what's up? And I said, what's up? We started talking. Jill, um, I took Jill to the studio and I went through a bunch of music and I gave her a track and she left. And the next day, Jill called and said, I wrote something. And I picked Jill up and drove and we parked on Penn's Landing and Jill sang me Long Walk from beginning to end. Whoa. And went to the studio and cut it. And it was just kind of like, tell Vidal, Dre, listen, you know, we're cutting. And we just, all of Jill's songs, the, the, the bulk of Jill's first album was done in probably about nine days. That she was just cutting and we would do it. What I did that was extremely unorthodox, especially at that time, I had a CD burner. I burnt those nine songs and I gave it to everybody I knew that loved music. Like, because before you kind of like, oh, don't, keep don't it. give yeah, a shit. Yeah. I so gave it to it everybody. <laughs> but it was crazy because <laughs> it, it actually ended up in the Sony office that the Sony executives thought it was something that they signed because everybody like was playing it in the office. Huh. But so, that's how it got it got to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and they flew us out there because they wanted to sign it, um, and it's made it made its way to what made John McClane? y'all choose Hit Michael Hit Jordan? Well, uh, you know what? I didn't Michael, choose Michael Jordan. Michael I choose, Jordan. I choose Steve McKeever. Hitting beats. But hit, you know? I mean, but well, at the time it was like Michael Jordan. Let me label. tell you. Let me. T- okay, so I'm gonna tell you half of this because I know <laughs> I know you would understand the other half. Okay. I chose Hidden Beach because I knew they were going to let us do the album with no interference because I had a very good friend. We had a very good friend that I realized did some stuff that he didn't get credit for. And that was the deciding factor to make me go to Steve. 
Talking in code. I'm not listen. I'm not because mm. I'm. I'm trying to decipher this one. Yeah, right. It's like a puzzle. That's no. I know he would know, and you know, but. It was it was crazy because it was almost like it's almost like you have a really good friend that tells you don't mess with this girl, right? And and that's why you chose the person that you're with now, right? Oh, and, and it was it was you know. So wait, yeah. where was you got me in this equation? I'm just in the, in the... uh sli- slightly around the corner. Wait, okay. do you remember oh, driving the yellow that? Pathfinder? All right, that's fine. That was my yellow Pathfinder. That what do you mean? Do was... I remember driving? So, I, all right, remember you? I, I told you all the, <laughs> the, the heavy D's going to kill me story. Error. Let me talk. <laughs> okay. I, I told you all the heavy D's going to kill me story. Oh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the original one the was right. Was Amir's first drive by? I was walking down like late at night on chestnut street in philadelphia and this yellow pathfinder drives by me and then stops and then like gray poupon style comes backwards and rolls down the window and i was secretly shitting on myself i was like uh this is where i die someone's gonna kill me in a yellow pathfinder and somebody killing you in a yellow pathfinder in a banana yellow pathfinder and it was jazzy jeff like what do you say Yo, you're in the roots, right? I'm Jazzy Jeff. Oh, Jeff, I love you, man. Oh, good. And then he sped off. <laughs> and okay. that was how I met him. But then I started working at Studio Four and you know. So then in the jail and you got me. Um uh, which how did that timeline work? I first saw Jill, there was a poetry slam. Mm-hmm. 52nd in Baltimore? 54th in Baltimore? Like deep West Philly? When she was doing the sexy poems. Yo. No, you, that you, was recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling y'all, Jill was always but that like was, that. That was always. that whole poet scene. Yeah, was yeah the Poonani poets and all yeah. that. But even the dudes. She, Poonani. Yeah. Nah, she, it's something about Jill's voice. Similar to that of when Deanna Williams talks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you will do anything. And yeah, it was just unexpected it. because everyone else was coming from, you know, backstage. Okay, and up next we have uh, a young brother from, no, 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 no. Give it up for Rich Medina, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, do his poetry and, and leave. Jill Scott decided to sit in the audience. And so we had no clue. He said, up next, uh, we got a sister from North Philadelphia. Give it up for Jill Scott, ladies and gentlemen. And no one came on stage. And then this woman starts singing Jodeci's Freaking You a cappella from the audience. Oh, wow. Every time I close my eyes. <laughs> and she just marches right to the stage. And I was like, I, 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 who is this woman? It, I put two and two together. I met Jill during the Do You Want More era. Uh, apparently, her ex-boyfriend, not the L word, <laughs> her ex-boyfriend. Not ex-husband. Yeah, not ex-husband. Uh, was cheating on her with a girl that lived next door to me. Getting in the way. On South Street. Well, I don't know, whatever. But the first word she said was, I'm going to cut that motherfucker's dick off. <laughs> so that's how Jill Scott entered my... So then when I put two and two together that, oh, that's the I'm going to cut that motherfucker's dick <laughs> off. <laughs> <girl."> <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and she also the glamorous life girl. Can y'all just is that a rumor? Is that it's bad? Jill is, is Jill the glamorous in, life? I have Cool C's glamorous life video. I don't know. I never heard that. I, I heard it wasn't. I heard it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't it you, uh, you told me one time, uh, Jeff, that Jill initially when she came to y'all, she didn't really want to sing. She really wanted to just do poetry. Uh, she was heavy on yeah, that. Yeah, like J- Jill did not want background vocals on her songs. You know, so we we had to kind of convince her a lot of that. Like the funny thing is, I remember when we did "Is Getting in the Way," she did not want to put background vocals on that. And Dre's mom was in the studio, and Dre's mom actually sang backgrounds with her on that because Dre's mom was like, "Girl, if you don't get your butt in that booth," (laughs) (laughs) so that's Jill and Dre's mom. Man, that was an official first single, right? Get no, you know way. what's funny? The first single was Long Walk. Long Walk. You yeah. know what? I, I said, I remember being at the radio station and being like, and it y'all threw, need to hear this yeah, in the way. Yeah, it threw everybody off because their first single was a poem. Yeah, but that was, the, the streets wasn't ready for that. I remember being at the radio station. Wait, what was the first single? Love Rain. Long Walk. I thought yeah. it was Love Rain. No. But either way, love that wasn't going to work. Rain. It was Love Rain. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. going to work for the, like, the black stations. We needed the ones where she going to put the Vaseline on her face. And I remember selling that at the radio station like, but then she going to put some, come on, y'all. Everybody want to hear this shit. This Philly. Sorry. Fighting over soul records. <laughs> fighting over some soul. Child, you know, the journey we, was real. We still fight. How did, how did, what was the difference between, like, say, the Jill record and then the Floetry situation? Like, how did uh, that Success. Go? Really? Like, it's, when I tell you, that, like I said, it, it mirrors, um, you know, we, we, we did Jill and music pretty much simultaneous. So for both of them to come out, we were on cloud nine. You know, they were just sending people down. It was re- it was weird because you know they would send people down with instructions, like they we we want a Jill record, and it's kind of like, well, we can't give you a Jill record because we gave it to her. We can give you a, whoever you're sending record, um, and that was really the first time that I understood that record companies. Steve McKeever said something to me that I never forgot. He said, "Everybody in the music industry wants to be second. Oh yeah, I've heard it. Everybody's lining up. So everybody to wants second. to be second. Yeah. You reminded me of a, a story. Um, so the day that we shot that Soul Quarian fo- photo for Vibe. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the end. Right. Mm. So, okay, 9, 9 a.m., we shot. We did a shot in the same Vibe magazine with Jill. The Roots and Jill did their thing, right? It hit me that Lear Cohen knew that this shoot was going to go down in Vibe magazine. Oh, wow. And begged and begged, please let music inside of this photo you guys are doing because he's part... At the time, did I know music? No, I didn't know music. I had no clue. And... Music soul child. Yeah, music soul child. (laughs) It just sounds weird you need to say. Yeah, did I know music? No, I didn't know music. (laughs) I didn't know music. I believe that just to, to, to force the will on us, no pun, uh, they had music and his people waiting downstairs in a car service Aww. to see if there was like a change of heart. And it was always like, like, it's very unfortunate that that's how I was reminded, and I totally forget about the times where he came to the jam sessions mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Didn't you like deliver pizzas or something? Yeah, exactly. And, and so... Because there was Bilal, too. So. Well, yeah, it was like... 
it was like literally like who who and the vibe people were like yeah can we Leora Cohen wants to add him in the photo as well can he can he shoot with you it's like yo we know each other like I don't know who Music Soul Child I had no clue who he was at the time so it it just it started what could have been potentially an even worse taste of my, once I did two and two and like oh the guy from Philly and the, oh he used to come to this, then it was like cool whatever but at the time I remember that music almost was in that photo. Wow. Almost in that photo. Well, that was the house that Carvin and Ivan built. Yeah. Yeah, so so break down like the the crews when we talk about Touch of Jazz, it was Carvin and Ive. Carvin Ive, Keith uh, and D. Keith and D and it was and Vidal uh, and Dre. Vidal and Dre. And yep. then so Who was Peace Mover? Peace Mover. Peace Mover. Pat. <laughs> Shut oh. up, Iris. <laughs> um Cause so Pat, you know, move. it was it was it was multiple you know, you had Kev Brown. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, shout out to Kev Brown. Kenwood. And Odyssey, Kenwood. You had Odyssey. You had, um, Peace, you know, Peace Move or Pat Pat McClain. James introduced me to Pat McClain. Okay. Um, and he, because I remember, I think you told me, or maybe it was Kev told me, the uh, on the on your album, the, yeah. the Africa, Port-au-Prince. Yeah, the, yeah. That was a two-track. That was a two. Everything Charm Pat life. did in yeah, life was a two right. track. I love J-Live. that song. So Everything much. he did was a two track. <laughs> Listen, I love that song. He shouts out my home. Pat, Pat, so. Pat, <laughs> Pat was. Let me choose my words. And by two track, Pat for those was listening. eccentric. He was okay. very eccentric. Like Pat would make the most beautiful song mm-hmm. you ever heard. And he would say, you know what? The universe doesn't want this to come out. And, and he would cut it. his keyboard off. <laughs> and we would be in the room like. Wow. Like yeah, but see, you know, he was also the guy that he would he would he would do a record and make some money, and you would give him like three thousand dollars, and Pat would leave out the studio. And the, the reason why Iraz is laughing is because she was there for all of this. That Pat would come in and say, "God is going to bless me. I just gave a homeless man three thousand dollars." And you were kind of like Pat, you're homeless. That was your blessing. <laughs> like you're homeless, nigga. I gave a homeless man three thousand dollars. And was that you. music soul child? Because he was homeless too. I, listen, I Dude, don't... so but what um what all the MCs that were there um like where are they like Pauly, Pauly Baby Yams, Black, yeah, Pauly Baby Yams. Black. Where where what's going on with those guys now? Do y'all still have in touch? No. Wow. No. I mean, you know, Paul Paul when I started going back out on the road, I took Paul. I took Paul when The Magnificent came out okay. because, you know, I I wanted that to be kind of a launching pad for Paul. Gotcha. Um and then, you know, Baby Black Chef came Word, out with Chef, me Word, and Chef, Chef, Chef you know, Kev it just Brown. It, you know what's crazy is when I started going out on the road, um I started going out in like ninety nine two thousand. Okay, um, and went went overseas. Was completely blown away at the fact that I'm I'm in this club and there's two thousand people here, Watch and I'm kind of like, well, who is performing? Because <laughs> I'm used to the win ballroom, and it was a strong two fifty in there. <laughs> and you know, when you start doing these, and not just that, you know, just going through all of the issues in the music business. I'm playing for 2,000 people, and at the end of the night, somebody's handing me an envelope with $4,000 in it. And I'm kind of like, well, damn, I got to wait like seven months for my $4,000 from the from record the company, <laughs> and you just gave it to me afterwards, and I got to play tomorrow night. For another And the night after that, <laughs> and the night after that. So it really took that first tour, and I came home, and, you know, 
and everybody's asking when is the check coming because everybody's waiting for a check at the record company and you know you got to wait until everybody delivers the songs and all all the rest of this and you know the agent called was like yo they loved it they want you to come back i went back and the second time i lied to everybody and was like i'm coming home a week later so now i'm coming home with about forty thousand dollars to do all of my shopping and get all of the shit that i want and no one knows i'm home so the phone's not ringing. Nobody's complaining. Um, and then the third time when they called, I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. Because I already see, I, you know, I see this hamster wheel. And I'm like, I can't keep running on, I can't keep running on this. You know, you, you, um, like there was a level of, I felt, you know, even, you know, even with like the Jill situation, you know, I felt that we were in a good cop, bad cop situation, that the record company is always the good cop. Like, I would watch the record company buy her gifts and take her on trips and all the rest of this. You're paying for that. And, well, it wasn't even the fact that I was paying for it. I mean, not you paying for it. I mean, It was really kind of like, you know, I felt like there was a certain point in time that Jill was looking like, how come you don't take me on trips? And I'm sitting like, because I'm waiting for the motherfucking money that the dude that took you on this trip trip to send me. (laughs) You know, not understanding the record company regime. That it's kind of like you're the good guy and I'm the bad guy. So, you know, it was. So you it, became Dana in a way. Not Dana the person, but I just mean it's yeah, interesting how the roles yeah, flip, right? Yeah. And I was like, nah, nope, I'm not doing that. So I, I tapped out. I was like, I don't I don't want to do that. I realized that. Um, and, and, and also, I, my second tour was a tour in Asia. Okay. And I went to Bangkok. <laughs> and why are you laughing? It's not oh, what you own. think. Okay. It's not what you, you know think. Okay. So listen, I went to Bangkok. And there's a mall in Bangkok that my man took me to. And everything in the mall was illegal. Everything. Mm-hmm. And you could go into this store and you could get DVDs, which you know DVDs are big, MP3s, which are small. And they were selling DVDs, DVD MP3s. They were selling the Beatles anthology, (laughs) everything the Beatles ever made for $12. (laughs) And I remember you, you would go in and you would look in a book and, and, and you give them the number, you know, the Beatles were a hundred and such and such. And they had jazz guitars. So I was like, okay, I can sample this and get this. And, you know, I'm giving this guy like $36 and he gave me all of these DVDs and all of this music. And I remember walking in the middle of the mall and I said, yo, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's over because this hadn't hit the States yet. Yeah. And I was like, it's over. I just bought the Beatles anthology for $12. How much is my shit worth? Yeah. Like I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. So I tapped out because of something I saw before it came here. I saw it coming. That's why I went and, so long. You know, and <laughs> how did your soldiers feel about that, though? Because did you give them, a, like, how does that work? Hell no, I ain't get nobody no notice. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, first, let me tell you something. If you tell everybody in the hood you moving, oh, you ain't going to have no furniture. They're going to steal all your shit. So trust me, I had a whole covert thing. I had a guy that took all of my equipment and put it in storage. He came down and scouted out the studio and, you know, it was like, listen, I, this is what I'm going to take. I don't care about this. Um, and, you know, I knew the studio hours. I knew everybody staying there till about 4, 30, 5 o'clock Ooh, in the morning. Yeah. So we came in at 6 o'clock, and they cleaned the entire studio out. Wow. 
And by the they time they just came everybody, one day and you was going. Oh man, they came and it was it was an, it, they opened that door and that shit just swung open with that wild wild west breeze <laughs> yeah. and tumbleweed. I'm not laughing, but I thought you know, that was not but, happening. But not, like at the exact same time that I closed the studio, I actually moved out of Philly. Yeah. Oh um, my God, yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting listen. timing. Oh yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, so you know what's crazy? Everybody. You have to tell. And listen, the story. this is the funny thing. The only person that I kept was Arise. So Arise knew all this covert shit. She, she knew what I was. Listen, you know, she knew. And it was it, and it was crazy because everybody thought like this 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 is this is tell you something about the the ego. I needed everybody to think I was doing bad. And this was at a time that I just once I discovered that whole DJ thing. So I understand I was in the DJ atmosphere before the DJ bubble hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here like, yo, I ain't never made this much money. Yeah. Ever. And no one would expect that. And it was kind of like, yo, so me closing the studio and moving, it was like, yo, what happened to Jeff? Heard he's not doing too well. And you had to eat that. Mm-hmm. Like I was cool with eating that. Yeah, you knew the truth. You can't stunt. Oh, I was, oh, I was cool with. Are eating you going to eat that? Listen, no, I remember. I remember the first time. <laughs> right. It might have nice been about back. seven, eight months after I moved. I remember it was a fight coming on, and I invited James down to my crib for the fight. James. And James Porzer. I invited okay. James, and I stood in the door because when James pulled up to my house, mm-hmm. James sat there, and I know he was kind of like. I know this nigga don't live here. <laughs> like, get out of here. And I opened the door and my dog ran out. So he's kind of like, this nigga got a dog? <laughs> like, what is this? Wait, is Yo, this Delaware house? Yeah. We I, I had the paveways and the light in the We were not ready for none of this. And walked out and I was like, hey. And James was like, what? And then I ended up breaking it down. You know, because you was, ended up selling. You sold so your old crib. You I sold the old crib. I you, sold sold the, to, you sold it to his mom, right? Yes, I did. Listen, oh yeah, down on the water. On. This was I funny. remember that apartment. So I, I put, wait, I'm literally like, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, Listen. my mom. Yeah, yeah. My mom. Yes. I, I put it up for sale, and the person backed out. The person backed out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Oh shit! And I think I text Amir because Amir said something to me. He was just kind of like, "Yo, uh, damn, why didn't you tell me you were selling the crib?" And I was like, "Oh man, I didn't know. You know, I I I didn't know that." You know, I wasn't just going to randomly pick up Quest Love and be like, hey, I'm selling my credit, you know. (laughs) And it was crazy because I hit him on Thanksgiving and I was like, yo, the sale of the crib fell through. Let me know if you want it. And he said, I'll call you back. And he called me in 10 minutes and was like, we want it. Listen, that was it. That was a done done deal. Does your mom still live in that crib? We just furnished, we just redid the entire crib. Oh, good. She's still there. You still got the deep fryer? We had to take all that. Okay. It's it's a brand new. Okay. It's a 2019 house now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Jackie, get that. That's the first time I met you. You don't even know that I was driving in that apartment with Deanna, and she saw you as you was coming out. We was coming in, and she was oh, like, wow. "Yeah, it's Jazzy Jeff." I said, "It's Jeff." <laughs> Jeff, please tell us how you organized. All right, first of all, yeah, it. You moved to Delaware, and we were all like. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. <sighs> but then you also like lured a lot of people to Delaware. I didn't lure. 
Yeah, she did. Because Tariq Cause came for a minute, right? He was there. Uh, I forgot even Tariq was yeah, down there Tariq for a second. But I meant like James and Tuba. and uh, Like, I now see the allure of living in Delaware. However, can you explain what the Playlist Retreat is? It's a... It's almost like a, a secret that no one yeah, yeah. knows about or really understands what the magnitude this they is. They get like, salty and jealous even though they still should, they know they shouldn't be there. You are literally <laughs> like, your playlist retreat is nice. the... Professor X, yo. Yo, I love when them videos It is the Illuminati. <laughs> it's the Illuminati of, of producers and musicians. Yeah. And having gone there and seen it myself... You were at the first one. I was at the first one. I'm like, ain't you via I gotta satellite? Mention the last, last one. one. Yeah, it's like via I satellite. I came late to the last one and had about four tacos. Yeah, you did. And didn't realize <laughs> that all them tacos were laced with weed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I was going to die. Y'all got mad photos of me sleep on your couch because I was just like, uh, Yeah, okay. I think my first time, it was before, it was before you were officially doing the playlist. But the first time I came to your crib, uh, me and Pooh, we did yeah. a Little Brother song. And that honestly, man, like I never told you this, but dude, that really changed my life. It totally made me rethink what it, what success, mm-hmm. quote unquote, looked like. Because we got there and the first thing he did, Jeff cooked some chicken. I always do that. He made some chicken. <laughs> and then we was like, all right, we going to you know, do I'm whatever. I'm kind of salty we're doing this now here because I thought like we go to Just go to his crib. Bro, oh, I didn't even ask. Can we do the next one? Oh, I, I'm part sure there's going to be a part three. <laughs> I, Listen, y'all can do it at the retreat. Hey, I'm down. I'm I don't go make jokes, y'all. I'm just saying. You know, I'm you only got five saying. women there at one time. Can no, we seriously? Don't. No, okay. we don't. Five women. Okay. We are Excuse good me. with diversity. The men. Do not. I, I'm, all right, I, yeah. I'm making you. I'm auditing because yeah. I was like, is there some female music makers up in there? Absolutely. Nah, I, know the the, I know the vocalists is, be there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but nah, it was like you cooked chicken and then we went downstairs and you told me how like you got the Mexicans from Home Depot. Yeah. The video studio shit. That's it. And then you was like, yo, I'm like, all right, so where we gonna sleep? He's like, oh, I got these rooms. And I just remember like sleeping that night and I was like, yo, Jeff got a hip hop bed and breakfast. Like, you really, <laughs> yes. like, this is a whole nother business. And so, like, when me and my wife, when we bought our second crib, I was like, yo, I want to do that. Like, yeah. I want to have a place where I got my studio. If we go late, somebody want to crash. It's the room right over here. You can crash. So now when they like, come to your studio, Fonte, like, they come spend a night? Like, when you said? Um, yeah. Like, well, when Madison came down, her and her, um, her and uh, Ned, they stayed in the hotel right, right around the corner. But, you know, while we were in there, if Ned was like, right, I'm going to go lay down. He could go yeah. right in the next room. And it just, um, it really just was a big inspiration for me to, like, so to the point where, I quote unquote was in a booth not too long ago in a session, and that shit felt totally like yeah. what is like that felt antiquated, like because we just did all that stuff right in the room together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm, you know, it, it's it is it's funny. Um, I do a lot of work with Red Bull Three Style, um, which is a global DJ competition, um, and maybe like the third or fourth year that we did it, um, they you know. Each night they would have a special guest DJ. So you would see Z Trip, you see A Track, you see Crazy, you see all these guys. The the third year they decided to bring all of the DJs in and keep them there for the entire week. Mm. So this is what I realized. This is the first time that I have ever spent a week with one of my peers. <laughs> like I, I'd see you at a show. I see you that night. <laughs> that like yeah, yeah. when you get to spend a week, you get to have 
a lot of conversations. You you get to talk about the good stuff. You get to talk about the bad stuff. You start getting personal. You, you start swapping music. Yeah. Um, and, and when I realized that, that became my motivation and my energy to DJ for the entire year. Like everybody couldn't wait for three style because it's like we're going to get together, we're going to squat, we're going to do it. So I was like, you know what? I want to have a DJ retreat. Like it really started off as a DJ retreat. Um, I did. Um, How did you convince these people to travel from all points of the globe? These aren't people coming from like New York and nah, maybe a cat from LA. Nah, this is like Kyrie coming yeah, from, from the UK. Kyrie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Australia, like when when um, I, I remember when um, my wife threw me a fiftieth birthday party. Matter of fact, Laia and I Rise was there. I think I... You were supposed to be there, but you sold me out. I think I was there. Yeah, no, <laughs> you weren't. No, 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 you didn't know. Next time Will came, he made time. So, Will came, he made time. <laughs> um, but it was funny because the the level of preparation that was put into that birthday party, like, it, understand, they, I did a show for the NBA for their London game that I was accidentally put on the late flight like, everything about this shit, I was mad. Like, I'm getting mad right now because, I, you know, I considered myself kind of a savvy person, and I had no clue. Like, my wife to this day still think I knew. I had no clue that they sent me on a show out of the country and put me on the second flight because all of my friends from overseas were on the first flight. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, they, ma- oh, wow. they mapped it. So, I, you know, we came back. I landed. Wife picked me up from the airport. You know, it's kind of weird because she picked me up. She's like, hey, you know, you know, I know you're going to have, because she asked me what I wanted. I was like, I want to get together some of my friends and let's do a man dinner. And she's like, I know you're going to do your man dinner, so I want to celebrate your birthday with you today. Okay, cool. So we we drive, the whole crew leaves. We drive to a hotel and take a shower, change my clothes. She got my, my suit. She got everything. I'm kind of like, okay, this is cool. And we get in the car and she starts driving. And we get on 95. So I was like, okay, I guess we're not going to dinner in Philly. So we driving, getting in a good conversation. We get off at my exit. So I'm like, okay, um, maybe we're going somewhere in Delaware. And she wants to kind of check up on the kids. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until we got to the edge of the driveway that she stopped. And she said, happy birthday, babe. And I said, thank you. And she said, close your eyes. And I was like, what? And she said, close your eyes. And I was like, oh, fuck, she got me. <laughs> and I closed my eyes. We drove down a driveway so I can feel, instead of going to the back, yeah. she goes around the circle. And she said, okay, you can open your eyes. And when I opened my eyes, it was two black dudes with parking attendant jackets and heat <laughs> lamps. And I was like, what the? Oh, man, man, man. And it was so thought out and elaborate the way that my brain works, that instead of saying, oh, my God, this is great, I was like, we can pull this shit shit. together. (laughs) (laughs) So the next day, and the president of Serato was there. So the next day, we, I was like, listen, I want to do a DJ retreat and such and such. And the president of Serato was like, hey, you know, we'll be one of the sponsors. And we pulled out a yellow pad and we start writing the idea down. During that time, um, I was, you know... same thing, me me knowing about you guys. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would always collect music. And I I got 
linked into Stro. I got linked into Tall, Tall Black, Black Guy. guy got niggas. linked into 14KT. Mm. And it was one of those things that I got it and I started using Twitter because when I would know, you know, when I knew it was Stro, I just went to his Twitter page and just like, hey man, it's Jazz Jeff. Yo, got some of your music, big fan. He hit you back. Oh my God. And then you end up getting a folder of music from him. So now... I show up and I'm playing all this shit and everybody is like, yo, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? You know, and and you kind of get known for playing stuff that's really dope that no one knows. So in picking the DJs for the retreat, I was kind of like, well, why don't I invite the what the fuck guys too? Mm -hmm. You know, like, because now what we can do, Quest Love DJs, Stro makes music. Wouldn't it be great if Stro made the music, give it straight to Quest Love, and Quest Love is the music messenger? And and that's how it started. You and know? then puts him in the roots. <laughs> and, yeah, listen. Right. Listen. You know, but it was it was really to kind of get people together and kind of collaborate. You know, I started feeling some kind of way. Um, as, as much as I love my role as a producer. I started getting mad because it became extremely selfish. Nobody, <laughs> like, everybody got a laptop. Everybody's making their own beats. You know, the reason why Touch of Jazz was special and the reason why the Root Studio was special is because it was a hub where everybody kind of came and did music. Now, everybody's hub is their computer. And you can hear it in the music. There's no collaboration. And it was kind of like, nah, 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 nah. We got to, let's figure out a way to get it back. Um also, the, what the biggest thing for me was I get mad that a lot of the equipment manufacturers make equipment without ever consulting the people who use it. Man, listen. And I'm kind of like, and then you get mad because you make some shit and then I get it and I'm like, you know, I don't like this shit. And then you mad. And I was like, well, maybe you should have talked to me before <laughs> you did it. So it was kind of like, I want to create, I want to, I just want an open dialogue. I want to invite the manufacturers that you can tell us, make everybody sign an NDA. Tell us the new shit that you got and let us tell you if you should even do it. Mm-hmm. You know, have, nah, that's not a good idea. Have you talked someone out of doing something that they thought was needed on the marketplace? Or wait, well, how we didn't. did how well, did, you remember that first year? How did someone year? present you with a needleless turntable? Yeah, I was about to say, you're, yeah. you're the guy. Like, I would think that you would at least want to hang on to Nah. <laughs> I, re- I remember like, that day you was Listen, mad at me you know, when Jeff you started know, You going know I am a purist. Yeah. And I play for purists. You, what, what happens is you get on this stage and it's me and one other guy using turntables. So now they don't care. They don't even put the cinder blocks under the table now. I know. They you know, and they got subs on the stage. And I'm listening to the dude before me sound amazing. And I'm telling the guy, take all the bass out. So now now I don't sound as good as he does. You know? So it starts to get to a point that, you know, okay, so I'm I'm the I'm the last Mohican. And it's not even that I switched. I still chose something that enables me to do everything that I do. So right now you're using needle arm I'm sorry, no, okay. armless turntables. Right now. Do no, you feel No, see. Oh, you're on some next shit? Oh yeah. Are you, <laughs> wait, so are you, are you, are you, you in Ibiza right now DJing and you're giving me this no. interview? <laughs> no. 
from but, remote. But um, what I will say, like, I leave Wednesday for a month-long tour. My first show is Friday. Just check Instagram Saturday. Okay. Are you, I can't imagine what's more mind-blowing than uh, oh, just DJing check, without a needle. Check Instagram Friday. He's going to be DJing with his mind now. <laughs> <laughs> But I ain't but wrong. I, but know, I ain't wrong when I say you did introduce Serato to the at least to this market because I feel like I remember when DJs was like pissed. I wouldn't have I a career. I, was I wouldn't the, have a career if it weren't for yeah, Jeff. I was yeah. I was one of the early Serato guys. Yeah, yeah I remember you. Were one like, of the first, I remember you no one of the first CDJ guys. Jeff got me on yeah. CDJ. CDJ. Jeff got yeah. me on Jeff Serato. Was, you was, was pissed. Jeff was how I found out about Final Scratch, which was predated to Serato. So yeah. So. Well, actually, no. Richie Houghton was how I found out about Final Scratch, and then I found out you used it, and that kind of made it official. So, so are they with scratching now? Have they? Um, do they have it so you can pretty much scratch streams now? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, you, you can, can do that. Hove, Hove just made a what do you call title. it? Uh, title. Yeah, title. Serato friendly. Um, have you tried that yet? Yeah, it's you the, gotta, the, the the only issue with that, um, which is smart because of course you know my brain is always trying to go into finding the, 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 the workaround, you have to have internet. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't like it. You have, you have to have good you, internet. You have to have internet. Um, you can use because I, cause, cause I downloaded something. I, I downloaded something, and it worked perfect. And then I cut my internet off. And when I went to go load the track, it was, it was just gone. like, you need to sign on the internet for this. Uh, because think about it. You can record in Serato. Mm -hmm. So you could basically stream that song and record, record it. it. And not just that, even if you have internet. Oh, damn. And, yeah, see, uh-huh. See, your brain ain't go there. Oh, but this is the crazy thing. You're not a when you push, When you push record, it tells you that it's a song that you're playing that can't be recorded, and it stops the recording. Uh, wow. So they, uh, they found workarounds. Okay. So I was like, I'm cool. I'll just get the record. Do you think that, I would say, yeah, so do you think that'll replace the MP3? Do you think that no, kind of what's going to no, kill it? No, no, no. I mean, listen, let me, you, you got to keep in mind that vinyl sales are at an all-time high. But, you but know. is that because they're just charging like 40 bucks for a single slab of vinyl now? Yes. <laughs> well, no, you know, it's just, it, it's a new generation that, you know, when you really sit and think about it, there's a new generation that miss what vinyl gave you. Vinyl gave you a cover. Vinyl gave you credits. Vinyl gave you something to look at yeah, that not tangible. only could you listen yeah. and you could touch it. So, you know, th there's a reason, you know, everybody who's who's tried to press vinyl in the past four or five years has seen a, ex a extreme time significant <laughs> time of getting your vinyl because of Urban Outfitters. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they're selling records, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't even know them. I just knew Urban was selling, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, about, to, I'm, a, I'm about to solve that problem, too. I've kind of stopped buying records, and I've, I've started buying CDs again. Really? Yeah. Really? Be and I'll tell you why. Because, I mean, I have, I have accounts with multiple streaming services, and... It only takes, you know, one nah, person. one rights holder to be like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, take, get rid of my favorite song off the stream service and it's no longer there. So, fuck it. I might as well just have the CD in my arsenal so I can rip that motherfucker to my iPhone whenever the fuck I want to. Nah, I, I'm with and, you. And tag it how I want it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm with you. I still got so, all my CDs. Yeah. Like, I still, I haven't got rid of them because yeah. you just never know. Never know. Like, they just, I like, I went on Spotify one day and Thundercats whole shit was gone. It was like, what the fuck? 
What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's back now. Oh. But, but it was just gone. I was like, what? You paid that bill? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 I, I supplement with my own personal streaming server now. All right. So <laughs> you won't reveal. Let us know who, oh, no, I, well, what's in the yeah, future. I, but you know what it is? I think I want you to see it. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't, like I want you to don't, see it. Don't Cause spoil I, cause I, cause I could have, I, I got it and I've done it in the house. And it was just kind of like, you know, you had that desire to just shoot it and just post it. And I was like, nope. No, I want to be in front of a thousand mm-hmm. people and do this shit yeah, and concept, get that yeah. reaction. And then I'll post it. Because once I post it, you I know, it was, it was kind of like when I used the needleless turntable and I was picking it up and, you know, people freaked out. So I can't wait for what, another what freak can you out. tell us about the upcoming uh play well the playlist project um you the first oh one was Glenn God. Lewis oh my God oh my God um, and so and you did that in Jason Goose, and that was in a yeah. week y'all in did that week. album in a week in a week which a week. I know I've done that before and I'll never do that shit again well you know uh, what it is <laughs> the 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 trying to record it and release it in a week is hard yeah recording it in a week piece of cake okay piece of cake. And especially when you kind of get a routine and a method down, like we we got the, we got the method. We you know we got. So what's the, the what's, don't ever what's stop the diff- your interlude neither. What's don't the ever difficult stop. part of releasing it now? Because I mean, all you got to do is just upload it. Well, no, you know what it was is we had to mix it. Okay, we had to mix it and so we that's had to master the, it. That's so it's kind of like okay, process. we recorded, and it was basically we we with, with the first one we finished. Glenn cut his last vocal about six p.m. Friday. Mm-hmm. And we needed to be done by midnight on Sunday. So Vidal and I basically stayed up for 72 straight hours and not only mixed it, but there was a guy sitting in the mastering lab that as we mixed it, we had to send it to him. And then he had to send it back and Y'all we had to prove it. it. Yeah. So it was kind of like when we got there, I was like, we ain't never doing this again. <laughs> we ain't. Listen, I'm in the bed at nine o'clock if I ain't doing the show. Yes, no, you right. are. I'm, I'm yeah. happy with that, Yo, I'm man. Not mad at that. Listen, I get to see the sun set and rise. That's how you stay looking twelve. Listen, hello. Listen, I can't do that. So the new one with Mamuna. This, ooh, uh, Mamuna Mamuna Joint. It's a Mamuna. What the? Is that already on the um, services? With the um, no, no, um, well, no. In, will it be in June? It'll be. It'll. We... It, it'll be released in June. Okay, so it. Maybe it'll y'all... be released in June. But let me just say this. For anybody that has been looking yep. for anything, and I don't even like making comparisons. Anything, to someone that was awesome 20 years ago? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, listen. Baltimore when I tell you, you have never in your human life heard someone sing and rap like her. It's always been there. It's all, but yo, when I tell you, when you hear, mm, yeah, yeah, okay. like she now. went there. She she, oh man, she went there. She went there. Yes, indeed. She went there. It's time. It's yeah. time, brother Jeff. Thank you. We hey, finally, we finally closed a, <laughs> a chapter. On no, we got to close it. We have to close it. At the retreat this year, I was about to yeah. say you got we got done on tape. Listen, right? well, I mean you'll be back. This is this is the episodes. fifth year. <laughs> this is the fifth year. I never in a million years thought we would get to year five because you have no idea what it takes to throw something like this. 
Like it is emotionally, physically, and mentally draining, but it is worth all of it. You know, like Stro wouldn't be on in the roots if mm-hmm. it wasn't for the retreat. Yeah, you know, um, true indeed. It we you know we 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 never posted it, but we put up almost like a chart of people and the connections that they made yeah, and records yeah. that they made and it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, one of my you know? records came out of the retreat. Yeah. Uh, the, from the Tigalero, the me and Arrow, the yeah. Waiting for Your Record, the yeah. Stroll and Paris yeah. and Rich yeah. uh, did. We, that, one's, that was a retreat record. And this is June, right? Because I'm about to start looking at it's the calendar. It's in August. It's in August. Okay. August. Let the record when? show. Um, August I mean, I'm like, should I say this out when when it is? Yeah, I'm like, no, where it is. It's, 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 it's early August. Okay. This this because you just gotta now. understand. It's just you know. Oh, we, good black star. It's August. It's August. Man, shout out to uh, shout out Montez. Montez Montez is at the retreat every year. So first world fight club. Anyway, yeah. Jeff, we thank you very much. Shout out to Corey Towns. Like I get that. Shout yeah. out to Corey. Hey, That's my Corey. dude. I text. I'm so disrespectful. Cat. <laughs> I text her so that we, me and Corey, like slander all kind of shit. It's so yeah. great. Well, then shout That's out to man. Tina too, because she brought us Jill. I'm a, we gonna... There you go. All right, on behalf of the Bills and Corey <laughs> and Sugar Steve and Fontigolo and Lady Laia, Jazzy Jeff, thank you very much. Yes, sir. It's another yeah. great episode. Thank you, man. Thank you. Supreme, only on Pandora. Kick it, Will! I was in a club one Friday. A lovely lady comes walking my way. She walks up and she said hello. I said hi. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. So this classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So, check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.